are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, please, please, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look at many ways you can support us. Look for our VIP tier. More on that later. The three houses of Sword Chomp gather to discuss early Fire Emblem impressions, and we also answer the big questions like, how in the hell does a turn-based strategy RPG take over the sales chart in nearly every single country all over the world? Fuck, even the director of Fire Emblem Three Houses is baffled by the success. Uh, speaking of which, we also ask the Sword Chomp Instagram a ton of vital topics that we can discuss, including the success of Fire Emblem in the West, um, and listener Instagram polls rain down from the sky like a battalion of archers have unleashed hell upon the army of your mind. Okay, that was probably a little bit much. Um, poll topics such as Shay's Japanese Persona 5 Inception? What? LaCroix versus Soda? What? What? Boobs? That's for you, Josh and Fish. Um, we're on that later. <laughs> boobs, like boobs with the question mark, or boobs with the exclamation mark? It, yes, both ways. Fish, how uh, do boobs make you feel? Boobs. <laughs> boobs. The question is the answer. Him, he's okay. twelve all over again. Uh, Doom on the Switch, uh, and Doom twenty sixteen on Ultra Violence, and much, much more. Not to mention, we bring the Royal Guard around to attack the rear flank. That's code for follow-up discussions on games like Doom, Sekiro, Spyro 3, Ripto's Rage. Sorry, I think I mentioned Doom twice. Oh, well, there's a lot of Doom we still have to talk about. Um, And, of course, Darkest Dungeon, which I know seems random, um, but it'll all make sense. This show is just bursting with content. I know people have been messaging me all week to hear about Fire Emblem, but we have so much cool stuff to talk about. And uh, let's get to some intro. Let's get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, sound you know and love, I've designed for intros banners in my mind, so to speak, as people get to know you a little bit. Um, up first, Shay is joining us from Japan. It's no longer an every other week thing. It looks like he's back for good for a while. Shay's rippling, his, his banner in the sky, the sigil, is a bright burning flame. The flame of Tinder! Ah, that's right! As yeah. Shay Layton, the professor, joins us from Japan. My, um, my house is house Tinder? Well, you know. Mm. It's multiple well, things. I'm going to use that Tinder and burn my house down. Right? Good luck oh, ensuring that. I don't that. want that. Yeah. What do you want? If you could have your sigil be anything, what would it be? Um, if I could have my sin. It'd probably be like an ice, like a nice, delicious ice cream cone with like two or three balls of ice cream with drumsticks crossing them and uh, fish's titties. Okay. Wow. Those titties aren't his best features. Titties just Mm. perched on top of the ice cream there, like two perfect little cherries. Yeah, Morgan's titties, my biceps. Yeah, let's combine our body parts. Josh's brain, my titties, fish's biceps, and your big huge. This is my sigil. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm Frankenstein. (laughs) It's a Frankenstein sigil. If I want fish's titties (laughs) on my house flag, I will have fish's titties. Now I'm upset. I'm sorry. 
Okay, um, are these flaccid titties or hard titties? I can flex titties, but I don't know if that really counts as them getting hard. Um, you're talking about nipples? Nip now, nipples get hard. Yeah, nipples. Yeah, I'm talking nipples here. I guess. What did Josh, I start? What did I start? I'm sorry, Josh. It's just important to specify. I didn't think they would go this far into it. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I I just want to throw you off with like the flame of some kind, and of course bring it back. Although uh, lately it's been the purple uh, colors of Twitch lately. Um, Shane was telling us he just met up with some random dude the other day on uh, and played uh, Apex Legends for four hours. I was like, <laughs> yeah, last night. Yeah, I was Who like, I was in a, a friend of mine on Twitch or on Twitter and Twitch. I was in his uh, stream watching him, and then this guy and I were just having like some rapport. We we're just bantering back and forth and then all of a sudden he's like dude i kind of want to play apex and i was like i kind of do too and he's like you got an xbox and i was like yeah of course he's like let's play and i was like all right i'm gonna hang out with this random guy all right and he turned out to be this really cool dude and we just bullshitted and played apex for four hours and then we went into um our good buddy mr hicks we went into his stream and just hung out in there for a while it was a super fun night i like I had, I had all these other plans last night, and I immediately dropped all of them just to do this, and it was super fun. Cool. Yeah. I mean, just just be careful. I mean, I remember back in the day, I was hanging out with a lot of strangers, and then next thing you know, I'm sticking my dick in a glory hole. So just just be careful. All right. That's that's all that I ask. Um. Fish is here with the podcast. Uh, Fish. Fish, do you know what a glory <laughs> hole is? Uh, Anthony Fisher is here from Texas. Um, Howdy. That's right. Uh, he's eating on the podcast, which is against all the rules. That's the number one rule people hate. You don't eat when you record any sort of audio. Number two, you, you don't burp on the podcast. That's the number yeah, two rule. It's so fucking rude. I don't hear you eating, but I just see you just chomping away. I'm... <laughs> chomping away. <laughs> wow, Get yeah, there we go. Wow. I'm so, I'm That's a, this is explaining an awful lot. Fish is over there licking, and Morgan interprets it as... Just a lot of teeth action going on. This this may may have solved the whole mystery of why exactly he has such a hard time going down. It's funny, right Josh. Here. I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that was Joshua Fowler from Michigan. I'm jumping in on Fish's intro. Josh, you'd be happy to know it's it's unfortunate. I realized as I've cut back on soda that I just like to drink things because I have a bit of an oral fixation. Unfortunately, oral fixation has not translated to my wife, and she's not happy about that. But, mm-hmm. um, well, you know, I was learning a lot about oral fixations. A lot of smokers have them. Uh, you know, I just like to be drinking something at all times. You know, that's a whole other story. But I've, I don't crave soda as much anymore now that mm. I've cut back on it. Uh, yeah. Which actually well, yeah, makes me yeah. sad. Once, once you break that sugar addiction, that's, that's like 95% well, there, of it. So. And it's habitual too. Although I drink, I drink diet, so there's no sugar. But um, it it triggers the exact same sugar. part of your brain. Uh, it's what do they call it? Splendor? Oh no, Splenda. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Splenda. But yeah, uh, fish. Um, the Filipino Johnny Depp, as everyone knows, you around the world is here. He actually is chewing the sucker right now too, Josh. That's what I was talking about. He He's is at the now. crunch phase. Yeah, once once you get the crunching, you phase. get to a point yeah. where you really can't. The stick's just in the way. Uh-huh. You, you got to crunch that last little bit off of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bish, yeah, glad you're here this week. Yours, yours was confusing. I walked up to your banner, and it was blue, 
and I was just looking all over for your sigil, you know, and I'm just looking up and down and all over, and I'm just, and then finally, out of the corner of my eye, I caught it, just this teeny tiny little fish. Um, it was like a, like a minnow of sorts, uh, but it was just really hard to catch on your flag. Um, so some would say it's microscopic. Huh. I don't know. But, wow, weird. Yeah, it sounds more like an Easter egg or something you put in a video yeah. game. I like the idea of like a flag that someone has to like sit down and play Where's Waldo with. <laughs> Where's the sigil? Well, what want... does this man represent? You guys oh my god! Fact, really quick: the Pedo Cypress is the world's smallest fish, or the Pedo Cypress progenetica, progenetica, mm. and it was recently discovered in the last decade, and it's smaller than your fingertip. Mm. It can rest in like one. It looks like one tenth of your fingertip. I, I assume they're tracking like, set, like full, full grown length here for that. Record. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's it measures to seven point nine millimeters, hmm. less than oh. one third of an inch. That sounds like a lot of the cool. measurements that I'm familiar with. That um, sounds like the ones you're describing uh-huh. right now. Yeah, micro measurements. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's your emblem fish. It's a uh, what is that thing called? Pato cypress. Pato. Let's call you Pato. Uh, let's not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, we you can't. Know, we can't call fish a pedo for the rest of this show. It's just <laughs> please. Yeah, pedo. Why pedo? Although I did put that one picture up, and everyone was blown away by how much you suddenly w- look less like Johnny Depp and more like Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. But um, just the ink. What? Oh, both, both great characters. You guys haven't seen that? I'll, I'll send it to you in the private. That might be on the Patreon page. If you sign up for $5, you get access to our Patreon page, uh, the Filipino Johnny Depp, and it's a private Instagram account. For $5, you get all sorts of inside jokes, hidden videos, you name it, that make the show funnier and just, you know, plain better. And yes, it is. I found it. I found the Pedro Fish. I'm going to send it to you guys privately right now. Um, Anyways, Fish, I'm glad you're here. And Josh, of course, uh, already introduced you as you jumped in from Michigan. Josh, your emblem, I imagine yours is the colors of the rainbow, um, right? The many colors of the rainbow. Um, not just because, you know, of course, we're pro-sexuality uh, of all kinds here, but uh, your emblem, your sigil, is uh, a perfectly manicured hand. How about that? Does that yeah. work for you? I like it. Of, of every color. See the, the different layers of the... the rainbow come down and every finger can be a different color so hmm. um you, you know you'd have fit right in josh in like the rock star phase like when i was growing up all the bands i listened to they had uh you know they would paint their nails and you know i think you're just like living a parallel life you could have been like a rock star so yeah that's probably it yeah there's some poor just horribly boring looking rock star out there who uh is accidentally living out the physical existence that I'm supposed to have. Of you? Sounds like you're yeah. describing Nickelback right now. You know, that could explain it. That's what's going on here. That's, yeah. Well, I'm you know, when, whenever Morgan <laughs> talks about you having painted nails, I, I just think about how it reminds me of oh, what no. I really am. Oh, no. Josh, could you think you could send us a photograph? Maybe after the show? And every time I look, 
It makes me laugh. Come on, Fist, get in there. No, I'm putting an ah! end to this. Stop this. Thank you, Fish. We- <laughs> Thank Believe you it or not, I couldn't remember here. any I couldn't remember any other Nickelback songs' names. I was like, fuck, I can't remember any Yeah, other those Nickelback are the only names. ones that you should remember, but if at all. But no, if Fish doesn't get to have the quote unquote high road because when we were streaming last week, he was talking about ICP with our fans. That's right. Oh no. No, I was I was surprised some of our fans actually knew quite a bit about ICP and it seemed like they did listen to them and everything and were very knowledgeable about their culture, so um, their culture. <laughs> the ICP <laughs> What are you laughing at? <laughs> I wish people could see Josh's face right now. Hey. Um look, it's, as far as it's a lifestyle, okay. As far as smooth transitions go, uh, this is uh, General Mountain Time, uh Morgan here in Montana. You know who's a good axe man fish? I should say axe lady. Edelgard um, from Fire Emblem. It's actually a hatchet man, but Hatchet okay. Man? Oh god damn it, you corrected me on that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, you're probably right. Um so what is, well, do you mind if I ask you one horrible question on that note as before we talk about Fire Emblem? Hatch, what is yeah, the yeah, hatchet yeah. man thing? Explain this to me as someone who doesn't get it. What is the hatchet man thing? That they have songs about it. They talk just about like winning with who... the hatchet and like killing people with hatchets and Okay, so it's just like a murdery yeah. thing. Okay. It's it's a thing. Yeah. We'll just say it's a thing. Alright. Well, I've asked too much. Um But murder, you know, murder is a part of war. And uh Fire Emblem is all about war. The Cold War begs to differ, but we'll go well, with it. I mean Sure. Um, <laughs> you, I'm just trying to go with a nice transition here of some kind, okay? And uh, Fire Emblem's interesting. We had, I had some fun with the topic this week because I put a backup topic on the Instagram page, uh, at Swordchomp every Thursday. If you want to check out the story, you can look for some topics, just in case. I was asking Josh and Fish, my lovely co-hosts here, about topic ideas, and all they could tell me was boobs. So it was boobs or ass, and settled mm-hmm. on boobs. Didn't get much farther than that, so just to be safe. And then you had to go and mess it up by giving us more stuff to talk about. Well, I got yeah. good news, Josh. I, I'm not not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. One of the polls I did this week was Fire Emblem's director unsure of how the series got popular in the West, and people could vote on two reasons why. One was good strategy. The second option was boobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and 72% of the audience said boobs. You see? So... Fish and I have our finger on the pulse. That's right. Uh, the pulse, the nip, the nipple, you might say, of the country. Yeah, that's that's where you take the pulse. I thought you were going to be witty, Morgan, and I thought you were going to see say the nip pulse. Oh, that's good. I like that. See, I thought you were going to say that, but mm, damn it! Can we just re- can we just cut this out and I'll just do it again? All right. Fish and Josh, Fish and Josh have their finger on the nip pulse. Oh, of, of the listeners. There we go. Oh, oh my God! I see what you did there. <laughs> Crushed it. Um, and uh, all this talk about nipples is just making me horny. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Do I make you randy, baby? <laughs> there it is. There it is. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Um. Uh. So, anyways. <laughs> 
as, as far as the topic of the show goes, my backup topic, just to be safe, was, well, I did too. I asked people about The Lion King, which I forgot to introduce, so maybe if you guys give me a minute or two later, I want to tell you. I was hyping up The Lion King on my Instagram, and people were asking me about it, so maybe I'll tell you guys a little bit about the uh, two minutes on The Lion King remake um, from my uh, critical eye here. But basically, I said, why has the Fire Emblem series caught on so well in the West? That's sort of the backup topic to go with, topic of the show. And I got some good answers. So this is a this is an interesting thing for us as a group because we all are into these sort of games except Fish. He's a virgin. He's just getting his journey in Fire Emblem under the way, but we've been playing. You know, Shay loves these games, obviously. Shining Force uh, is like his favorite game ever, and it's the same sort of game. Although I did find out, Shay, uh, Shining Force was released two years after the original Fire Emblem on the NES, so technically... That's true. That's true. Um, but, uh... I don't know. It really doesn't really matter. I just thought it was interesting. Um, as far as the lineage goes, <laughs> it came out first. Not that it matters. Yeah. But, uh, well, but not in the West. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. The first one didn't exactly. make it here. The, I think the first one that came out in the West when I was reading was the Game Boy Advance one, I believe. Um, and that one was just called Fire Emblem. And it was actually, mm-hmm. it, it was well-received. It was the first one I actually ever played. Which makes sense because I was, you know, pretty locked into games in my childhood, and that was the first one I tried. Which I have a story about later. And then they had a follow up to that on the Game Boy Advance. They had uh, the Fire Emblem game on GameCube, which I missed out on, but I'm kind of sad that I did, um, because that Fire Emblem game on the GameCube was supposed to be pretty all right. And then of course it started to take off on the DS, 3DS. Awakening was was pretty big for the franchise, but now yeah. this this new one with the Switch being so popular seems to be huge. Because, you know, it's basically like, it's got a, a dabble of uh, Harry Potter and Game of Thrones in there for the kids these days. And, you know, I was thinking about this because everyone's online, like, Team uh, House uh, House Black Eagle, House um, Golden Deer, House Blue Lion. Like, people love to pick sides in a fun way. I've noticed about our culture. It's a fun thing we do, right? Mm-hmm. Who's your starter? What house are you? Uh, the psychology of that is, I think, kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Maybe a, yeah. Maybe for a topic for another day. Fish actually picked the golden steed, and then he betrayed them, which was the right move. Fish, I'm proud of you. Oh. He went. He went with the really? golden deer, and I was real mad. I was like, "No! Why would you do that?" Well, the main character looks cool, but he, oh, I what? He he does. He looks. I love his hairstyle. I like mm-hmm. that little. Um, <laughs> Jedi, uh, Jedi apprentice, little braid that he gets has going down the side yeah, of no, his he, head. Um, he has the high ground. He, the, the battle's already over. <laughs> he definitely yeah, does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but he. I don't know. Like I was kind of drawn to his character. Like he seemed like the fun going type of character, mm-hmm. whereas the other two seemed a little bit more serious when you first come across him. But. Um, yeah, it gets really. I I didn't know how in depth it got, but like when I started playing it, like I was just like, eh, I don't know which house I'm gonna pick. I'm just gonna let the game go a little bit, um, and I ended up on Blue Lions just because I was turned off by uh, the Golden Deer. What what um, turned you off? Like, what was it about? And you well, the hairstyle, well, see, and the smile sucked you in, but what what pushed you away? Uh, learning about the other characters. So, like, oh, okay. the, the, the house leaders will, like, tell you about all the other students at the uh, academy. 
mm-hmm. or the monastery. Which is cool. They like fully voice like a background yeah. bio of everybody. Yeah, they them. give you like a, a two two paragraphs or like two sentences on each character, and like they're they're very telling of them. And then combined with like the uh, the um, uh, art style or the character art of them and everything, yeah. like you I, get I to you get kind of get. Yeah, you get a good sense of their, their character a little bit, or at least, you know, who they are initially from, you know, that. And, like, it, and some characters are, see, well, one of the characters on Golden Deer was, like, this guy who just loved to eat. And I was just like, oh, no, what? Why? <laughs> I mean, it sounds comical, but I was just like, how's this guy going to work on the battlefield? It, it seemed more of, like, a novelty type of funny thing. And I, well, I was that, laughing that at that fact. house is supposed to be laid back. That's their thing. They are, like, yeah. the non-serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they make a big deal about, although I don't know that much about them, there was one. There was something that happened in a battle I had against them, where one character did something weird that I guess alluded to some other things that happened there. But none of us here are using that house, so we don't really know. But the idea behind that house is that they're sort of like they're just kind of laid back. They're they're sort of like um, if you follow Game of Thrones, they're sort of like the um, ah uh, shit. What was it called that uh barrel um, Dondarian led the band of uh, fuck the Brotherhood uh without yeah. banners or whatever. Yeah. There's these, that's sort of the idea behind them. So, um, yeah, yeah it's like a collective. Yeah, their, ki- <clears throat> their territory, or is that the right word, or like their kingdom, or whatever. Their their area of the continent is like is supposed to be an alliance, a collective group of people who yeah. kind of rule that area. So, anyways, as I thought it was interesting that you bailed on them and went to the other house, but gave us a good <laughs> way to. It's confusing, Ooh. though, because they first ask you at the beginning of the game, they're like, they give you a question after your first battle, and they're like, who do you like the most? And I, I picked the girl, but it seemed like that was the choice that I was going to make, but then they take you to the monastery, and then you actually learn about the houses, and I was like, okay, so this is where you really pick. So it was a little weird, um, but they really make sure you know the house that you want uh, before you dive in there. So Josh, you're, uh, you're with me, right? Your house, Black Eagle? Black Eagle, yes. Yeah. What what drew you to the uh Black Eagle house? I'm sure our listeners would love to know. Um political reasons, I figured uh if I made inroads there, I'd probably have the best chance of uh of taking over. Long term. Oh, okay. Okay, so, okay, so yeah. just domination. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's so uh, I was not what I expected. anyone. I I figured I'd probably be my my best chance. Hey, that's as good a reason as I know. I know, you know, Fish. I just imagine him being like the new professor in town, and he's looking at him, meeting everybody, and then Mercedes catches his eye, and he's like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a blue lion. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> Something about Mercedes. So good woman there. Yeah, very good woman. She's very sweet and nurturing, um, which is why she was yeah. not my type. So <laughs> I, I did yeah. spread a rumor Morgan in the dining hall crazy. about. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Uh, I did spread a rumor in the dining hall about a micro penis, so um, we'll mm. see what happens there. Um, over some nice fish, <laughs> they Damn eat a lot of you. fish. <laughs> I Mer- God, if I don't Mercedes get a is so sweet; she didn't Mercedes. even care. Yeah, she was so sweet; she didn't even care. I think you got a winner yeah. there. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting because this Fire Emblem. So the funny thing I was going to tell you guys is the first one I ever played, the the one that came on Game Boy Advance. My dad took me to Vegas. 
one year when we were younger, and he had a conference there because uh, he was a, uh, a physician's assistant, and there was like a big physician's assistant or PA conference in Vegas, and he didn't want to go alone. So for like when I graduated high school, he wanted to celebrate with me, take me to Vegas. Now I was eighteen, but unfortunately I was not twenty-one, and in Vegas. You know, let's be honest, this is not a lot of fun stuff you can do if you're not uh, 21. So, um, and also it was a little weird because I was there with my dad. So I'd be like, hey, dad, you want to go? And it was just strange and awkward. But I ended up bringing that fire in the game. You like, guys didn't go to like a strip club or something? No. No, we no. did not. My oh. dad is very religious. And honestly, it was, it was hyper strange when we were walking on the street. They had these people that like, they're called like smut peddlers. And they just like hand you these little, um, like erotic trading card looking things with like <laughs> with, <laughs> with with some, a lot of them have like um because you know prostitution's legal in uh, Vegas and stuff on there. It was just awkward to go through that with my dad, but when he, I was stuck in a hotel room most of the time, so he got me this game for my Game Boy Advance. I did a lot of research on it and gave it a shot, and I was I was on the fence because I'd never really gotten into a turn based strategy game. Um, I had tried Final Fantasy Tactics, and it was just too hard for me, but I, I liked the story and all that stuff about it. Um, and then I had my ass kicked by some other things like Front Mission and stuff like that. But I fell in love with this game. And I must have played, like, I never finished it because it was just, that was my life at the time. It got probably too hard for me, but I must have put 30 hours in that fucking game, that Fire Emblem game on Game Boy Advance. I'd sit in my hotel room and just play that all day and wish that I, you know, had the you know the ability to go to a strip club or something but that was my whole vegas trip so that changed and i was like man i i really love this phylum series and that was what kind of kicked it off for me so that it holds a special place in my heart but most people i think are still pretty unfamiliar with fire emblem and i think this one will probably change that but um the reason i bring that up as a segue here is because there have been things about the genre that i have really been frustrated with that I wanted to talk to you guys about. And that's why I, Into the Breach last year, which was our Sword Chomp game of the year, um, which is a sort of a revolutionary turn-based strategy game, although very different, was such an incredible experience, which I still can't recommend enough if anyone's out there. It's like $10, $15, go find Into the Breach on your Switch or on PC. But they revolutionized the game because Fire Emblem, as much as I loved it, still had these things about the franchise that were just rooted in tradition. They were just very frustrating. Um, and the biggest complaint, I don't know if you remember this, but I used to complain about this all the time, is like, I hated playing games where I'd spend like 30 to 45 minutes doing this big, long, epic mission and fail, or a character dies, and I have to do the whole fucking thing over again. Like, I just, that was the number one thing that broke me about this entire franchise, and they finally fixed it. They finally fixed that, um, the one thing I hated the most about the series, by doing a couple interesting things. Uh, the first one is that, and they don't, the game doesn't explain this very well, but there's a retreat option. I was talking to some people about the game um, today, and they didn't even know this was in there, but basically, <laughs> I found it on accident. If you're, let's say you're in like an intense battle, it's like 30 minutes long or whatever, right? and things are going poorly, you can go to the menu and click retreat, and they say, look, you can start the whole battle all the way over, but you get to keep your experience. So it's sort of like you were grinding, in a way, like if you were playing uh, like a Final Fantasy game, you wanted to grind for a bit before the boss or something like that. 
And so they fixed it by adding in grinding. Well, that's half of the equation. <laughs> so modern. That's that's mm. it's there's two there's so two RPG. elements. Well, it's it's a big deal though because at least you get something for starting over. Like, yeah. don't take everything away from like I, time. <laughs> we always yeah. I'm like I'm 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 half joking because grinding is really. Is it that's like just old school tactics games, but it is new for Fire Emblem because they've always had a set mission list. Like you, you've got a set number of missions you're just going through, um, and and you're done. So you can't really over level in a Fire Emblem game. Um, mm-hmm. so, no, you're right. So yeah, it, it is new for the series. Um, well, and that's that's still just half the equation. The Divine Pulse thing, which is. It fits into the storyline is basically, mm-hmm. I feel like this might be a little more controversial among some of the more hardcore players, even though you can still play permadeath and you can put it on lunatic mode and all this stuff if you want a real challenge. But you can basically rewind a couple turns, um, a la Into the Breach, but more specifically, which is, it's very granular. Like, you can actually, yeah. like, go yeah, back can... to a specific, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you can re- rewind to any point a decision was made in the entire fight. Yes, from the beginning which is of the mission. Wild. So, like, you can see yeah. exactly where it went wrong, and rewind to there, um, mm-hmm. and it will just put you back to that point, uh, and you can do that three times by default, and then I think you can add an extra four as you go, so you can rewind seven times if you really need it. But yeah, that's that's kind of hard for me to fathom, even though I'm pretty early on in the game um i just i just did the practice battle where like i had the whole house on the battlefield with me mm-hmm. um the blue lions and um it was cool to have you know all my characters on there i was just like oh i can't wait to see who shines during this uh, uh match and like my mvp turned out to be uh felix um and he's a badass swordsman but um it, it that's it's hard for me to like fathom like you can go back so many turns and pinpoint the one exact mistake you made like well it's easy it it tells you what you did it says like um felix used fire edelgard died or it tells you exactly what you did on each turn so you could like literally scroll down and just be like eh, right before i walked into this death trap yeah it's it's got got a combat log explaining what happened and where and then you can choose to rewind to that point which is so it's essentially trying to save a character from dying, or like well, you can use it for whatever you want. Like, um, I like it just for the combat log functionality to see exactly what happened on the last turn. Oh, even if you don't, if, even if okay. you don't use the pulse to rewind time, you can still look at the combat log at any point, which is still mm-hmm. helpful. Um, it, it's that's cool. You can do fun things with it. Like today, I had a sixty percent chance of hitting someone important to kill with my bow and arrow from where I was and I missed and, and then I just re rewind time and did it again. I got the 60% mm-hmm. odds in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> I was Played like, fuck the it. Random number generator mm-hmm. game. Then. Well, so I've always been irritated by that aspect of these games, which, and, and I've, I've come around on it this time more just because I'm like, look, there is this, it's so statistical based being an RPG that you can't really get rid of that because hit percentage is part of, it's a fundamental part of the characters um, that you level up, uh, their weapons you're using, different weapons and variation, movesets. It's a, where your distance 
on the battlefield, whether you're in cover or something. You know what I mean? Like, it used to irritate me when I was, you know, like, oh, I have an 80% chance to hit this person, now I miss them, because that's infuriating. But, you know, these little yeah. things like the Divine Pulse help you not get so frustrated, I well, think. I, I've not used it for that functionality, but they give you way more ways to interact with hit chances in this game. Um, the, uh, um, the combo attacks in this game uh, that you have by, if you have another character in range of something mm -hmm. you're going to hit, um, will increase hit chance per person you've got there by like, I don't remember, it's like 3% or 5% per person yeah. you have there. So a lot of the strategy here is taking somebody who's already got a good chance to hit, getting them to go do their attack, and then moving everybody else in kind of piecemeal so everyone essentially has automatic or has guaranteed hits um, by just having the different combo stack. That, that's, that's, that is a minor thing during normal combat, and then they have battalions that you can command in this game that you basically assign to a character. And yeah. they have different attacks just for the battalions. And those have ridiculously low hit chances, like 40%, 50%. Yeah, like some of them have like 20% chance to hit on the, on the gambits. But the combo attacks with those gambits scale even stronger than the normal attacks. So if you have multiple people in range when you're using a gambit, so you can you trigger a combo off of that. You can go from like 20% chance to a guaranteed hit by carefully planning yeah. your, your movement. Um, and so it's like they put, they really emphasize the positioning for those battalion attacks, which I think is, that, that is kind of what made me realize that the hit percent can work uh, because it's so extreme in that thing, in, in, in that little portion of the, uh, yeah. of the combat. You know, it's weird, Josh. I haven't experimented with that. I, 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 it sounds weird because I, sometimes I think we rely too much on our familiarity, but I haven't been doing that too much. Like, I haven't, I have the battalions with me because mm -hmm. I think they also give you statistical Yeah, they give you, like, upgrades. minor stat boost as well. Yeah, but I, I haven't engaged, like, usually I've just been, so they have this new thing where you can come up, up on an enemy and you can use a stronger attack, or it depends on the circumstance, but basically it uses more weapon durability. So, like... Yeah. Um, this will take five weapon durability off your sword that is thirty, but it's a very specialized attack. Yeah, and well, I don't the, remember the that combat arts the... are that's been in for several games now. Um, well, maybe it, it just seems like there's more of them. Like, yeah, like Killing Edge and stuff like that. Yeah, then they basically just yeah. for durability you get extra hit chance and damage. Um, yes, yeah. Um, and they've kind of added another thing there with the whole battalion uh, attacks. Which, again, like I said before, have really, really low hit chance, but you can increase that a ton by how you position your units. Um, yeah. And also, because you're attacking with the battalion instead of your character, you can't get counterattacked when you use those as well. So yeah. it's like there, there's, oh, there's situational, okay, okay. situational reasons to use all of them. Um, like well, for, the, for example, the, the battalion ones only have like two or three uses per battle uh per so you battle. can't okay. like just use those or anything like that to just you know avoid well, and, ever and the cool thing is damage. it explains the 
why there's so many people running around on the battlefield too because when you first when you first start the game i thought it was just for effect because there was Mm -hmm. like it kind of is but you know in fire emblem the thing that's cool about these sort of games you've ever played shining force or fire emblem or whatever is when you engage in combat with someone the camera view switches instantaneously and you get like this up close quick um camera view of the battle to make it more visceral and cinematic but now there's like you can see people in the background fighting and like Pegasus knights flying around you if that's what you have. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on to make it feel more visceral. And I think that's partly because of the battalions, the idea that a battalion is fighting with you, mm-hmm. it being visually represented there. Um, have you seen that at all, Fish? Any of the... You're not to the battalions yeah. and stuff yet, are you? Uh, no, I did, uh, I think, unlock the battalion. No, I just unlocked it after doing this practice mode that I just finished. But, um, no, I was fighting okay, bandits yes. and or soldiers of some sort yeah. and as you're fighting them yeah you see other soldiers in the background fighting so um yeah i have seen that um it, it, i don't know it was a little weird for me because up until that point like the battlefield was just you know one-on-one the two characters squaring off that you were attacking against um and it's it's a little jarring you're like whoa there's like yeah. 30 people here. <laughs> yeah What's there's like on? a there's like a bigger war war going on so um, you can actually change makes... the camera. It's weird. Have you experimented with the camera view adjustments? I don't play I, it like this, but you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The use you use a uh, right stick to kind of like uh, zoom in or like uh, uh, swing around the battlefield. And you can like run your character around and shit. It's it's really weird. Um, I found this one angle where I could like physically run the the character around, but like I couldn't get a good sense of where the barriers were. Um, like, I like playing it the traditional way with the pulled back camera, the little mm-hmm. squares, you know, blue and red, just because I like the way it looks and it makes it easier. But yeah, I know what you mean, Fish. It's it's a little weird at first. I was like, I like that they're doing it, but here's the thing you have to understand about Fire Emblem that's kind of weird, Fish. It's always been the overview map of the strategy is very minimal. It's minimalistic. And then when you engage in combat, right. that's where the cinematic stuff happens. So even though you don't see all those people on the battlefield, the idea is that they could be there for flavor you know what i mean mm-hmm. um yeah because otherwise you'd see like 50 people on the battlefield and that would just be weird so um but it's it's nice it can be a little sloppy at times but it's nice later on i'll tell you guys i've been in some epic fights where it's like i've i got to this side mission where i was it was a throwback to a level specifically that i remember in fire Emblem conquest it was like a dock it was like a city town and you had to protect one side of it from people coming in the other side there was three boats docked and you had to get to the leader, and it was just so cool. It felt like a Game of Thrones battle because I'm like storming up on these ships and fighting people and whatnot. There was a uh, a side mission I was telling Josh about this morning, and I recommend if you're playing the game to do the side missions because they give you specialty weapons and stuff, and they're also some of them are really challenging. So if you want a little extra challenge, you can go into some of these missions like three levels higher than what you're supposed to uh, if you're crazy, like like I was trying to do. Um. I, and I was showing up to these side missions, and there was these crazy beasts there that I'd never seen in the in the real game, like these giant wolves. And I had this one match where there was this giant vulture, like these giant vultures everywhere. And there's there's a lot of weird stuff in the game that I like. That's very new to the series. Like I don't remember large beasts or monsters and dragons and stuff in the other Fire Emblem games. I mostly just remember people, like humany yeah. kind of people. You know, they've always kind of. Well, I don't know about always, but they've had dragons show up enough, but 
they normally don't do a ton of monsters in the series. It's it's usually more of like a political type of a of a game for the most part. So, yeah. That's, yeah. It's different. It's new. different. And uh, but all that's based around using your activity points, uh, fish, as you'll see, getting used to is basically how much you can do within a month. So this is the big thing about the game is it's also now persona. Basically, it's basically persona. You know, you live the the life of the monastery. Uh, you're a teacher, a professor, uh, which is a really cool concept. Unfortunately, the pr- it may I'm to a point now in the story where it actually is coming together. But when I first started, I'm like, this is the most ludicrous reason for becoming a professor I've ever seen. You basically just show up with this guy who's like your dad, and he was like, oh, I got a good feeling about you. You want to teach our students, including these imperial, you know, like really high-end imperial warriors? Hey, that's, and everyone's just yeah, like... That's how teachers are picked in the U.S. That's that's literally the exact same process for, for most of them. That's how Shay was picked. Yeah, yeah they, they yeah. grabbed Shay's name out of the hat. Hey, you want to teach? Children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just sitting at home recording the podcast, and one day, all of a sudden, I get this phone call, and is in Japanese, and they basically said, if I if my translation was correctly, we picked your name out of a hat, asshole. Come teach here, and I was like, I don't understand Japanese. Uh, can I speak to someone in English? And they translated that, and three years later, here I am. Hmm. <laughs> That's all it takes, man. I'm telling you. Uh, you're going to get a kick out of it, Shay, I think, because when you get to it eventually, because your students will come up to you and they'll ask you these, it's very personal, like, they'll ask you these questions that are kind of, uh, they range from interesting to just ridiculous, and, like, they'll ask you something and you have to kind of guess the right thing to say, like, oh, I really just don't get this subject, uh, do you think I should, what should I do? And then you have, like, three options, like, you should just give up, or you should train harder, maybe you should find a friend who knows it better and study with them, like, you kind of have to... You know, it's one of those kind of things, and if you get it right, their motivation goes up, or their skill goes up, or they'll come up to you and be like, you know, I think I should really be learning how to ride a horse if I want to be a great uh, bowman or whatever, and should I switch my class? You know, stuff like that. Um, it's okay. it's pretty cute for the most part. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've got one kid who's I'm changed excited, his but... major, like, every couple weeks. Just new major, new major. <laughs> Can't just can't sound, pick sound, something. It's, it's weird though, man. It yeah. sounds too much like a sim. I'm not big into Sims. It's not the, it's been, not the actual game, The Sims, but like it's sim simulation games. I'm not big into them. It'll it'll be interesting to see what you think of Persona when uh, because that'll I think give you a good taste of that stuff. Well, here's the cool thing. I mean, I uh, wait, Josh. What does that look for? He no, gave you a look. Is that for Shay? Fish is really interested in something off camera. You've just been staring at it. And like, What's happening? Man? Not telling you. Mm. Oh, you're not going to tell us? Is it what another is it? dildo on the wall? Because it's stupid. It's so stupid. Well, that makes it even it's better. So stupid. I, was, I was looking at my little glass of uh, Knob Creek, and it looked like there was drops of alcohol i guess just like pouring down the side of the glass but it oh. seemed like it was materializing out of nowhere mm. it was fucking weird oh well thank you condensation I... <sighs> great no it's that's, not condens- that's what fish no. is thinking it about. would make I sense but whiskey no, I got my you AC don't think fix. about you don't think about it but it's fairly oily because it sucks a lot of the oil out of the wood yeah and yeah stuff, so it'll you said it'll that slowly yeah. drip back down the glass yeah, that's what it was doing, mm-hmm. but like I couldn't see like 
where it was balled up on the glass, it, so it, it surprised just looked like you. it was... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was um, fascinated. Got a uh, magically yeah, refilling uh, cup over there. Yes, at first I was just like, what's going on? My Knob Creek is magically refilling itself. Now I can get drunk forever. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, I think the cool thing about it, Shay, is that, yes, I, I honestly, you know, I think we're very different in that way. Like, uh, I love the simulation stuff, uh, the romance kind of stuff, all that. I like it because it gives me a pace from the combat, which I love, but it's exhausting. Like, in the past, you know, it's like mission after mission after mission. It's just nice to have that break. But the cool thing is, if you don't like it, most of it you can either automate through or skip. Um, so they've, they've set it up to where you don't have to engage it. Now, this is kind of like when Shay never created a custom character in Mass Effect, and I just want to blow my fucking brains out. You have to accept yeah. these things about people. He's not in that. Years, I get it. it you know, it's fine. Um, but, you know, maybe we're different that way. Maybe you would... It's been eight years. You gotta let it go, Morgan. It's been eight years. Okay, I'm back. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Okay. Where where did I cut off at? What was I saying? You were you're talking about Shay not wanting to make a custom character. Oh yeah. I uh, thought it was on three, my two, end one. for a second, but it turns out it was Morgan. It's like, oh no. Oh no. I thought it was mine That's too. Been... I think I think it was everybody. It may have just second, been Skype. Be Skype may have just shit itself for a moment there. I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was. Um, I got it too. I thought I was disconnecting. Good. Uh, three, Great two, sign. one. But what? Three, two, one. What I was gonna say was, uh, can, can you do that a little slower so it's easier for Josh to edit? Like when you do it like that, it's really fucking... difficult to edit. You gotta do it a little bit slower. Three, two, one. Let's go. <laughs> three, two, one. So anyways, I want to talk about something. Okay. Um. Three. Two. But, uh, you know, those are the things that, you know, they, they drive you crazy if you learn to live with. Like, Shay doesn't, you know, our favorite part is making custom characters in Mass Effect, and Shay will just, he's the kind of person who's like, I'll just take the preset character and go, you know? In the same way that we might differ with the simulation stuff, I am really looking forward to his Persona stream, because I think that would give you a good taste of kind of what you're in for. But like I said, you can skip all that stuff if you want, but for yeah. me, it's like a dream come true that I, I've always wanted them to go deeper they've always hinted at it um they've always hinted at it with like the romance and stuff but it's always been very peripheral so they're been, leaning into first off the mass effect thing has been eight or nine years now you gotta let it go i <laughs> you gotta let it go it's been it's been way jenner shepherd can't do it but i don't know like most character creation things are uh character creation bits in a game I always get super bored with doing it. Like any of the fallout games, any RPG when you're doing it, I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, does this really matter? Moving Mm. the cheekbones up and down, like all that stuff. It just, it bores me to tears. You know, you know, the best part of this too, face. Shay's the only one of us who didn't have to go in and tweak the appearance every new game because they changed the character customization and, and fucked it up. So if you created a character, Every new game, it didn't look anything like the one you made last time. Right. Well, one, I remember one that. I actually remember that yeah. from back in the day too. That's. But default Shepard looks the same. I would in all three. So he does. I mean, I it's mean, a little that, bit of like scarring and stuff, but that's yeah. about it. That's just how different we are. If I could not make a character in Mass Effect, I wouldn't even want to play it. 
I'm not even kidding. I would not even want to play the game because then it's uh, that's that's the favorite part is I live my fantasy. Um, don't make that face, fish. You didn't even finish the Mass Effect games. You played like one I of them. The, I finished the first Mass Effect like three different times. Well, yeah. why don't you finish all of them once instead of finishing one of them three the times? Finishing the first one three times mm. is really a better use of your time than finishing the other two. Yeah. The second oh, no. one's you, Josh. You don't good. mean that. You the don't mean that, Josh. really good, Josh. The first one's still the best. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, it's not. Yes. No, it's not. Uh, they're thinking about the first. I mean, okay, it's close. The first one is really, really good. Did you beat the first one, Shay? Did you play? The yeah, first I one? did. First one's oh. really good, but the second one edges out the first one, in my opinion. Well, I mean, you played the second one first, Shay, so you got like probably more magical for that you. That doesn't that fucking way. matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're probably right. You just gave me the best. You just gave me the best idea for a poll, so I just wrote it down. Um, but, um, okay. yeah, the sim aspects are... The, the thing that Fire Emblem is always trying to emphasize is because there's permadeath and it's all these epic battles is they want you to care about your silly anime companions. And they go to better lengths this time to do that because, number one, you have all these simulation elements living in this monastery, taking people to dinner, tea time, fishing, whatever. And then also... Uh, the dialogue and the story this time around is much better, I think. Uh, in the past, it's been pretty much nonsense. And there is definitely some silly anime stuff in here, a little inconsistent stuff. But generally speaking, the story, I think, is really, is really, really grounded. I think in grounding it in this concept of working at this monastery, and the, let's put it this way, the opening cinema for the game is like a, a really high-end, uh, high-quality uh anime style cutscene and it's surprisingly violent for fire emblem fire emblem it starts off with like this lady stabbing this guy to death he has this really cool like whip sword he's just like, whoosh, which by the way um i don't want to give it with spoilers but that's <laughs> comes back as a big and all that is like uh, a setup for the game that comes back later but it's a really dark it sets the tone for the game like oh shit this is going to be some real shit that's going to happen and and i'm happy about that because usually fire emblem is just a little light and a little nonsensical. And me and Shay have talked about it before. Usually the Fire Emblem stories, I get really jazzed about them for like an hour and then I'm just like, skip all the cutscenes kind of a thing. Um, where this, this has not been the case at all. There was something that happened to me today, 23 hours in the game, that literally I was like, ah, what is going on? Like I was losing my fucking mind. And it sucks because I, I, my leg's broken. I'm stuck at home all day playing Fire Emblem. So I'm like 20 hours ahead of everyone I know, and I have no one to talk about this shit with yet. But um, I guess it came at a good time because I broke my leg, so I have nothing else, <laughs> which is weird. But um, and, and uh, so I want to give Fish some more time to play with it because I know we'll catch up with him more next week. Fish was nice enough to buy it, but uh, he's been working two jobs, so he kept falling asleep. Um, yeah. It sucks because it, it, it the game starts out really slow and like it's this typical thing like oh the village is being attacked by bandits fight them off and I was just like ah oh, god why so it was kind of boring me to t tears until like I actually got to the monastery picked my house and then then the characters like really started to liven up and like yeah. that's when like the story really started getting interesting and like following it. Um, the simula simulation stuff, um, as far as, like, going from day to day, like, 
oh, Sundays are your free days. You have a certain amount of activity points that you can use um, doing certain activities to level up or get items and stuff like that. And that's stuff I usually never really engage in other games. It's more of like, just like a traditional MMO where like they'll give you like daily challenges and stuff like that. So the simulation was more of like just doing the challenges in those games. Whereas like this feels more like set type of thing, but the focus seems more on the characters, which I like. So it, I use that as a way, or I guess that's why it's there. It's for you to get to know these characters a bit, level them up as well outside of battle and get uh, weapons and stuff like that to uh, increase their stats. Um, so uh, I've been actually enjoying that quite a bit. Uh, I don't quite understand some of it, like as far as like a as a professor, you have to instruct your uh, class, and I don't quite know what I'm doing there. Like I just started like making these uh, characters, you know, uh, just focus on their main, uh, job class i guess yeah. but yeah yeah that's that's kind of what, what he was talking about with the things that you you can skip um a lot of that's just kind of depending on how how much you want to micromanage the uh the kind of the stats that your or the abilities that all your units are using because you can go in there and like completely map out how you want to level them up and, and go from there or you can just leave it as is and just kind of it'll automatically teach them the stuff they're interested in that usually should be useful for the stuff yeah. they're already pretty good with right. unless you want to kind of right. nudge them in a certain direction. You, so, you'll so, love yeah. it, Fish, because yeah. he, he, I know Fish pretty well and he loves like micromanaging and systems and stuff like you can get in there like what I did when I first started to make it more custom. You guys know I love customization. I got right in there and I said, you know what? Like weird stuff. Like I was like, I want this person to be like heavy armor focused and use fists or whatever, right? Um, and so I went right in there and I changed their goals. So the goals are basically what they will try to learn, right? So that's the first thing you can go if you want fish. If you want, let's say, a character on your team to learn a different weapon, you go right into the goals and you do... Now, the important thing that I wish I knew first, and Josh helped me with this, was go to certifications because, and somehow I skipped through it because there's a lot going on in this game. If you go to certifications, you can look at what a character can eventually learn in different classes and see if it's really worth your time. Like, if you want a character, if you go down to like advanced class or master class, let's say for Felix, right? And you're like, man, he looks really badass on this horse with all this armor and this bow, you can see that in order to get that class eventually, you'll have to learn heavy armor, bow, and maybe something else. So you can start learning those skills now because they take a long time. So, and as you learn skills throughout the game, you unlock different classes. So what I would do when you get there eventually, Fish, go to the certifications and yeah. kind of look around and see what you kind of think your characters, you want them to be. Yeah. Like, like, gotcha. kind of like you're saying, the best way to do that is to see Final class, what you want them to be, so you know what you need to mm -hmm. level up, and then using those skills, try to see what other sort of intermediate along the classes way. you can have them learn yeah. along the way, so they always have something a little stronger to level up into. Uh, so yes. Just because a couple of those advanced classes have so many requirements that if you pick the wrong ones to focus on first, 
There just won't You'll be waste any time. classes for you to to learn <laughs> until you get to that last one. So you kind of need to have a yeah. kind of snake your way through the different classes to get to your end goal. Um, to you know, select, the cool thing yeah. is even even the most basic classes will probably have at least a couple other classes. Like yeah. my Edelgard, for example, she just had her axe is on S. It's basically as high as it can be, and because of that, there's a class specifically she can use where she's just a beast uh, warrior because she has, it's all I needed was S rank axe or whatever. So she was able to, so it's not super complex fish. I don't want to overwhelm you, but I think that you'd probably enjoy the micromanaging stuff. If you want, yeah. until you get your hang of the game, because it's a long fucking game, you can just go with the basics yeah. for the like three or four battles. The default stuff will still be usable for like Good. the first several, yeah. several chapters. Several. Um, yes. You, you don't really have to worry about it too much until you decide that's what you want to do. But yeah, that's it's good to you do. You could probably never engage with once it, you get once you get yes. used to the systems there. Yeah, that that was kind of my uh my worry, I guess, as I was looking at that. I was just like, man, I don't want to make a wrong decision here like you were saying like there's different tree paths um or I, I guess a different class tree that you could go down if you specialize in certain um abilities and classes and stuff like that and learning stuff so uh, it it seemed a bit overwhelming at first but i didn't want to make a wrong decision so i just like you know i i I bet i could have just hit auto you know teach or whatever it's called and would have been fine but i i just sat there and just like just wanted to go over it look in it yeah like go into the menu once you kind of get used to stuff so you can choose when you want to imagine that's kind of the the nice thing about it it's as fast or as slow as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But the problem with right. me is I like the micromanaging stuff. So I'll spend like, God, I could spend like an hour on a, like a one week in that game. And it's mm-hmm. troublesome for me because I like to do all that shit. But then like I get hung up on my own, spinning my own wheels with all that stuff. So sometimes I have to tell myself, all right, just auto a couple weeks here and just do it. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> Because the, yeah. the cool thing about the game is they set up one major event a month. That's that's what I love about it is it's like one month of festivities and then one big battle per month. So it's balanced in a way I like. But if you want more battles, you can go seek them out. Um, but there's usually just one event per month. And and the, the fucking theme is really adorable and it goes through everything. Like when you go to do a certification exam, you literally see your student there like taking a test. And it's like, I passed my test. So yeah. now I can ride a dragon or whatever. Like it's. It's really cute how they weave the theme into everything, and uh, there's fishing too, which is cool. Although, as much as I love the game as fishing, you never see the fish, which I think is bullshit. Um, you you can catch fish all day. They tell you the name of the fish. The fish have rankings. You never actually see the goddamn fish. They're just just text. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. But uh, I walked out today. But random stuff happens. Like I walked out today, and the pond was glowing. And the guy was like, oh, why is there, why is the pond glowing? And I'm like, I don't know. I need to go fishing and find out. So, um, have you guys seen that yet? <laughs> mm-hmm. No. no. Okay. You can, you can check that on the calendar. My like, uh, on your days off, it'll have different events. Um, <laughs> like, so certain, certain ways you use your time will be, uh, better on those days. Um. Yeah. So if it has, like, a, like a fish hook on the calendar there, you can. Click on it on the calendar and see what sort of fishing what the fish activity is? is going oh. on there. 
per week. And there's so a tournament like too. Plan, a... <laughs> plan when you want to use your bait because bait is kind of hard to find in the game, at least yeah. early on. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a master baiter. I will say this: that the um, the fishing is too easy. It's really easy, and there's not a, there's not as much to it as I was hoping there'd be. Even though there's like fishing tur- fishing tournaments and stuff, but at least it's there, I guess. You know, taking people to lunch and dinner. You can grow plants. I don't even know the purpose of doing that yet. I guess to make food uh, for different kinds of meals, they give you buffs. But I haven't really gotten into a lot of the gardening or any of that stuff. Um, but there's a lot of... I think the biggest criticism I have so far of the game is just that it's going to be overwhelming at first for a lot of people. Like, even little things. Like, I did a side quest that literally allowed merchants to come to my town that I could buy stuff with. When you go into battle... You could literally have four different kinds of weapons equipped that completely change how that one enemy um, encounter goes down. There's a lot of little things like certification, like Fish said, that are overwhelming for him. It's There's a lot going on in this game, and it, it's very overwhelming, I think, for probably a lot of people. I like that stuff, but it's... Yeah, it's a lot. On one on one side, yeah, it is a bit overwhelming, but I also get the feeling that like it is gonna also be very rewarding later on down in when you get further along in into the game, um, and that that that's kind of like since I'm so early on in the game, like that's where my mind's going right now is like, yeah, uh, is all this stuff gonna pay off or yeah, in some it... way like. Like your interactions with like other characters as well. Mm-hmm. Like there's one character in the Blue Lions, um, it, it, it's Felix, and he's he's just constantly telling my character, "Oh, I'd like to spar with you, sometime or fight with you." And like he's said it like two or three different times every time I've encountered him at the monastery, and like it, that got me thinking. I was just like, "Am I gonna be like if I follow through and like?" pick the right options with again with them am i eventually gonna get to have like this cool little battle sex with where I get yeah sp- you can oh oh sorry i i thought you were going somewhere else for that bar not sex they do they do do some good <laughs> things with same-sex romance in this game that i'm proud of them with they they really did they try hard to give you some same-sex romance options um that's progressive for them you know to try and uh open that up no. from- i'm pretty sure it's been in there for several games now well, it's it's much more expanded. Although, um, I to be fair, I've only the article. I've just been reading about it. Mm-hmm. I personally, though, that's not the option I'm personally taking. But I've I've been reading a lot about it. So yeah, um, you could be right. Yeah, I, mean, I will it's say not that been fleshed out because, like, again, this is the first one that's had the characterization is really really good in this game. The the writing and since they've got voice acting for everything. Um. Yeah, it it's done really well in this one compared to a lot of the other Generally, ones. Generally, yeah, it's it's all voice acting. Kind of been... Everything's voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I can't believe it. it is. Yeah, they um, I'm I'm really happy that Edelgard's character turned out like I've gotten a lot of private conversations with her, and she is an interesting character. Yeah, like I initially just liked her because she was the hot blonde leader, but she's she is a cool character. Like her whole stance on crests and how that plays out. Like I said, I don't want to ruin anything, but like yeah. her, from her past to like just her ideals are interesting. Like the only character, I don't know if you feel this way, Josh, the only character in the Black Eagles that sucks is Ferdinand. I fucking hate Ferdinand <laughs> so much. He is so fucking annoying. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. And he's always trying to compete with the Edelgard. horn dog there. Yeah. He always wants to compete with Edelgard too, and he always looks like a 
fool when he does it. He's just so annoying. Ugh. And he comes up to me, he's like, uh, how did I do in battle? Do you think I'm as good as Edelgard? I'm like, dude, just fucking get out of here, man. You're the worst. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, he's, like he's, Fish, he's no- got a huge ego and he's like really needy about it. So I thought about letting him die just to get rid of him, <laughs> but I know that he'll still be hanging around. Probably. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, like once you go farther in with like the character to the, uh, the, like the character interactions, uh, like, like support, the, the support stuff, making them stuff. Pl- like yeah, you find yeah. reasons for that, and it's actually a pretty, yes, pretty interesting stuff behind there. It's like they give you reasons for why he's acting this way, and it's actually like pretty pompous, cool. But yeah, his daddy like, didn't love him or something. Well, no, like <laughs> he's trying, like he's he's supposed to end up being the prime minister for the kingdom, so like she'll end up being the new ruler the new monarch and he'll end up being the prime minister and he like mm. he like he's he wants to be better than her so you can be a good advisor is kind of the whole thing but it's just since he's a little kid still he just he acts really stupid about it like the when you first meet him and he's just like just you know acts full of himself instead of you know like he's trying to improve himself which yeah yeah but like they try to they, okay, they give these cool. little insights well, which is which is you know that's a good point neat. josh yeah i mean like no that's a really good point because like fish was saying you might not know this but you can go to your supports fish as the game goes on and you can have these conversations that are completely optional but if you engage in them they increase your level of uh, combat support and relationship with these characters but you don't mm-hmm. have to engage yeah. with them um, right but they're... Yeah, and I have been engaging with just about all of them just because okay. yeah. I okay. wanted to, yeah. It's to tough because you've only characters. done a, a couple battles, so let's let's shelf this for now. We can come yeah, back yeah, next so week. Yeah, so we don't ruin do anything wanna... else like I just did with okay. the one character. But, but that, that well, I thought was a, a good example because, so... yeah, everyone. No, that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. I, I'm excited for you something to, to look forward to, you know. Dude, there's so many systems in this game. And, like, I, I will say this to you guys as someone who's gotten, like, really far in the game just because I have no life right now with a broken leg like holy shit like the depth and everything that's starting to come together like it's yeah. like getting to the point where i'm just like oh my brain's spinning all the time and like it's my classes like all my characters look so badass now they're all like it, it advanced classes and it's tense man it's pretty intense um curious to see how you guys' onion begins to unravel i will say as far as the question of the week went um by the way, 64% of our audience chose the Black Eagles. Knock that poll out. Um, keep peeling those onions back. <laughs> it's, like, it's better as it goes along. Every inch is sweeter <laughs> than the one before it. Ain't that right, The fish? many layers of an onion. Mm-hmm. Never um, know what's under yeah. the next layer. Exactly. <laughs> more, it's, it's not more onion, All I those promise. systems. They're like ogres. <laughs> oh, God. Um, anyways, uh, to the question of the week, basically, I got a lot of funny answers. Hakuna Matata said, more weebs? I don't know. Uh, That's offensive. Thank you very much, Hakuna Matata. All the... (laughs) Weebs isn't offensive, right? What's the offensive one? Is it we... I don't want to say something that gets me in trouble, but... But one of those terms is offensive for... I, me and Fish, we used to jo- jokingly say keek a lot, and I said that to one of my friends, and he called me a wee uh, something. We, I don't remember. Mm. It was supposed uh, to be a, a derogatory. Shay a and I are having maybe? lots of fun here. 
Probably Ooh, is it fish. Weeaboo? Is... There he goes. He know. hit it. Yeah, he got it. I was waiting. I was sitting here waiting for it. I'm like, how many other slurs is he going to accidentally say before he gets to the right word he's looking for? <laughs> uh, cracker? Honky? <laughs> <laughs> um, see, I did the safe white slurs right there. All right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although they're not really slurs because nobody who's white, you can't really offend white people. It's like, it's just the way it is. There's no slur for white people. Um, which is, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, white privileges, they say. All right. Uh, let's see here. Come on. We're all white <laughs> people here. Let's just laugh at our white privilege. Except Fish, but he's mostly white. All right. Uh... That's not what happened before the podcast. Hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah, that's, that was a good one, Shay. That was a good one. You've been uh, promoted, Headquarter fish. said waifu. <laughs> fish. Fish. Um. <laughs> Headquarters said waifus. Duh. Who doesn't love the waifus? Um, Sector 7 said boobs, of course. Stole my thing from earlier. And I'll see. Well, let's get one more funny response here. Um, <laughs> Naaman said when the game is region locked, people will flock to play it once it comes to their country. Now it's been in, there's Fire Emblem games that have been here forever, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's catching on for, oh, no, oh, this is a good one. I even said Smash Brothers giving us a taste of the characters. It's true. A lot of people play Smash Brothers. Like, who the fuck are these people? Although if, if you go to this game, you're going to be disappointed because you're not going to see a lot of those, uh, classic Fire Emblem characters. It's a new era. But my, here's my theory, and I want, to, I want you guys' honest opinion on that, all right? Because I think I have figured it out from my perspective. Why do you think the developer is even surprised that this series in particular has caught on so much in the West when something like Shining Force has struggled, uh, a lot of tactical RPGs in a general struggle? Why do you think that Fire Emblem has actually done pretty well and now seems to be kind of blowing up? Theories, I really want, want to know what you guys think. Uh, Shay, I know you've been quiet because... You hadn't got a chance to play this yet, but do you have a theory on this? I do, yeah, honestly, and I think it's for the reason why what we were talking about earlier. I, I'm not a big Sims guy, but U.S., a lot of people love Sims games, and they've introduced a lot of Sims elements into these games as the games have gone on. Uh, playing the 3DS or the DS versions of Fire Emblem, they had a lot of Sims elements where you build relationships with the characters, and that's a big part of those games. And it, it is, in some regards, fun. It's like hum, human or creature-to-creature interaction. It's like these actual interactions that a lot of people like, and they like to choose who they develop a relationship with, who they develop a rapport with, or how, they, how those relationships shake out. There's a lot of variety in these games, and there's a lot of ability of choice. And that's why I liked... Shining Force so much when I was a child and as an adult is you're getting 30 characters you can only use 12 of them in battle so you really have the ability to customize them how you want and it's not just the characters it's how you use the characters too because there are you know in the second Shining Force you can promote characters in multiple ways to become powerful in different ways and it just there's a ton of customization and ability to play to your style in these games and it's the same with Fire Emblem. And I think it's the sim element mixed with um, the ability to be creative and 
what you choose and how you play the game. And even partially because anime is becoming more popular and mainstream, I think, in the U.S. now. That I think it's a, it's a lot of elements. I don't think it's just one particular element. Okay, so that's that's a that's a good take. You think it's kind of a perfect storm of things. I do. Okay. Yeah. I I feel similarly on the whole uh sim thing as well. Like Persona 5 was such a huge thing here in the states. Um kind of being the first one. Like it it's been big since 3, but not big big. Like 5 was such a popular game that I think people kind of want more of the same and in a lot of ways, this is it. I mean, as far as the amount of effort that went into each section of the game and everything, there's way more game outside of the combat in this yeah. in this Fire Emblem. Like, there's just just physically more of it. Like, just exploring the monastery and talking to everybody, and like we we mentioned, the support links um, between each character, and it, and it is between each character. Like it's between between you and all the different characters, and between all the different characters and each other. Like even ones from outside uh-huh. the house, because you can recruit them and have them. Oh yeah. Learn. Like there are, there is there's dialogue about, like so much. If you think about it, because they have to have basically every character, you know, to the nth power. Uh huh. With conversations voiced. for each. Yeah. of the different ranks like it's an insane insane amount of of dialogue uh in different interactions there options fully, choices yeah, fully yeah, voice. yeah and unless they you must like have been go working through and recruit this. everybody and even if you do that you're probably not gonna you know get all those links maxed out just depending on the way you play because you can't bring mm-hmm. again like fish or like Shay was saying you can't bring everyone into a fight all the time, so you're gonna have to pick and choose who you want to really focus on. Like you're, you're not gonna yes. see it all. You're never gonna see it all on a single playthrough. Uh, no, which, and that's yeah. what they want. I think is like the only thing that scares me about, like, is I'm enjoying it so far. You know, there's a big plot twist in the middle of the game where it's it's not. This isn't a spoiler. There's just a big time jump, yeah. and you see a big shift in everything, which sounds amazing. After all, I could have easily put forty hours into it already. But like I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to not be crazy about it. You know, there's just so much. Um, yeah. But that's a good point. Yeah. So there's other things outside of the combat to bring more casual audiences in. Yeah. Um, well, and and the combat's really easy in this one compared to the others. So you could really focus on the outside of combat stuff and then just kind of breeze through the combat whenever it comes up as well. So. Yeah. Well, see, I. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that the combat is uh, still very challenging, but I feel like it's more forgiving in how you, like, can approach it. Because I would have definitely had many people died, uh, by, die by now if I hadn't, you know, retreated several times or used the Divine Pulse or whatever. So I feel like the options are more forgiving for going back in time, but for me it's still been very difficult. Um, but, you know, my brain is, you know, I'm not okay. as advanced as Josh's brain. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm playing on hard, and it's easier than basically any other Fire Emblem I've played before that didn't even have hard as an option. Um, you mean lo- what? What? That's in- that's impossible. Yeah, and you can't retreat to uh, to farm experience because you lose experience you whenever you retreat. 
So there's you can't retreat you can on retre- hard. No, you can retreat. You just don't gain experience. So you can't farm doing that. Oh. You can't grind grind up levels and stuff. Is it, what about lunatic? Have you tried lunatic mode, or is that there the one you're talking about? A lunatic mode. It's yeah, there hard. there is. But you have to hold on. I'll I'll get it for you. Maybe maybe you should go to lunatic because your brain is just too evolved. Because I you're too evolved for mode. this, Josh. There is a lunatic mode, Josh. It's gonna be new game plus then. It had two options I, when you start the game. Uh, yes, there's... Okay, well, there's a special way to get it, and I will help you and our listeners find it. Um, let's see. Unless I'm wrong, in which case I... We're probably both right in some weird way. I'm probably well, half While wrong. you guys are stalling, one thing I do want to say that I really like about these games is the fact that there's such big lunatic amounts of replay difficulty value. Coming as DLC. So no, there isn't a lunatic mode. There will be, probably around the time we have time to finish the game on hard. Yeah, yeah. No, there is some lunatic mode. It's just not here yet. <laughs> it's good. We're half right. High five, Josh. We did it. Half right. Yeah. Let there him have this one, Josh. Sure. Remember what just happened Things in the future. Currently are referred ago. to as is. I can't imagine being Josh where he can play on hard and he's, it's still not challenging enough for him. That, like, that's... Yeah. You should just really find a way to, like, smash yourself in the head or something or do brain damage to yourself you really need to like yeah. take it back a few notches well they've simplified like i'm i think i briefly mentioned this last week but they they got rid of the weapon triangle system where like spears swords and axes all have strength and weaknesses to each other kind of like rock paper scissors um fashion um which means positioning is more around uh, like I said, hit chances, and you're positioning that way. There are still mm-hmm. still some of the other more unique weaknesses, like um, flying units take triple damage from archers. So you still yeah. really oh, want brutal. to keep yeah. those away from archers. But it's way more it's it's way more of a specific thing. You're not going to have a ton of flying units around, and there are not a ton of archers usually. So you can uh, you can avoid that. also. You can dismount in this game as well. So if you want to dismount from your flying unit, you'll lose all the movement speed, but you'll also lose the class weakness. So you won't be taking triple yes. damage from fly or from from archers, which is a cool, cool way to get around it, that too. Um, it would be the only thing I will say that's sort of interesting is I like all the changes that that respect my time, being able to rewind turns and stuff like that, and. Mm-hmm. And retreating for experience. Those are the things I've complained about forever. So when a game does that, it, I'm overjoyed. I will say it does sort of lessen a little bit of the permadeath fear that, that can make those battles so tense. Because you'd have to use all three of your turns or whatever, of Divine Pulse or whatever. Which is possible maybe in the late game. But I feel like I don't want them to soften it too much. I don't want too much of that, that tense permadeath to be softened. Because that's what Fire Emblem's all about. And I know people will just cheat. If they lose a character, they start the battle over again. There's really no way to enforce that. I can't make Shay continue the game. He's just going to restart the battle, right? It's, yeah. it's how gamers I mean, work. I was, so, when I first started, I thought maybe you could just use the autosave and like just tell yourself you're never going to use the manual save and just do it that way. But the autosave doesn't save enough. Uh, so you'll end up not just losing, like, well... It saves right before battle, so you won't lose that much. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it it's it saves with, with like the divine before pulse and really after battle. 
is kind of how mm-hmm. how that works. You just you don't get an awful lot of save spots, so that could feel really frustrating if you lost something like that. So I've I've been using manual saves as well, just so I don't yeah losing too much. Oh God, yeah, me too. Yeah, Anyways, especially if you want to quit to play like more. between battles. So I'm excited to talk to you guys a little bit more about. I've got most of my thoughts off my chest, but it's more about catching up with you guys next week. Whenever yeah. you guys have more in your belts, for me, it's been a a dream come true. But as a segue, I will finish this topic by by saying that I I think you're all right. I think those are all great theories. I think for me, because I've been thinking about this a lot, it's just very simply one thing. Nintendo. I think that Nintendo tends to make games better. If they're first-party games, they generally tend to make them better than other people. When they make the same kind of game, their adventure games, Zelda, they're like the some of the best adventure games. Their fighting game is Smash Brothers. To me, is the best. Like they just, there's a level of polish and charm. Now, maybe you're someone out there who disagrees with that, and I respect that opinion. But for me, their level of polish and charm that Nintendo puts in their products can elevate basically anything. And the first time I played Fire Emblem, I was like, oh my god, this feels like it has a Nintendo charm and polish, but it's like one of those games I hate, and now I love it. So, like, for yeah. me, that was a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but I also agree with what Shay's saying. It could be a perfect storm to some degree. Maybe this will be their uh, their perfect storm, because it seems to be... I've been talking to a lot of chompers who've been messaging me all week, and they are just head over heels, in deep balls deep in this thing right now. For a lot of people, their first entries into the genre have been stuff like Into the Breach or uh, mm. Wargroove or some of these other tactical games that um on a, like a slightly smaller scale they're not they're not used to like oh there's like a huge nintendo property that's 100 hours built around those sorts of games a lot yeah. of people have never played yeah exactly like it's there are different tactical games in the west but there's not really that whole tradition of a full length rpg that happens to be a tactics game like they've got in japan this has been a mm-hmm. thing for like it's like just all the old vintage like tactics games on the SNES and like all of those games have had massive campaigns going through uh you know like and just tons of stats just it's like it's like a regular JRPG but instead of a turn based I mean it's still turn based but instead of just you know like it's a, as epic yeah it's no, not yeah, it's not yeah. like the final fantasy type combat this so, yes yeah. the the scale and the feel the struck it's it is very much like an epic jrpg mm-hmm. so when people ask me like i've never played a, a fire emblem game should i jump yeah. into this i'm like yes if you're okay with anime and jrpgs you need yeah. to enjoy those things yeah and then yeah no like you'll... if you don't like chair well i don't know i'm like i'm sure there's someone out here out there who doesn't like jrpgs and is still gonna like this but there's just there's the an combat, awful yeah. lot of the jrpg influence there like with just yes with just you know micromanaging stats and just uh you know tons of dialogue it yeah there's there's a lot of that dating waifus yeah Mm -hmm. the look of it i mean it's gorgeous but it looks great good job fish i give you full permission to play that game right now you can leave the podcast no you can't uh goodbye well i guess if you leave i was gonna say you couldn't play it on the the show because yeah because if you're turning Mm. the volume down and you miss the voice acting and i'm not gonna allow that fish you 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 have to play with the sound on or the music you know what Geralt's voice does it line up with like the character's look for me Geralt you know hmm. yeah you're get out of here you're fired oh, okay. um 
Jerome, that's fine. really? He's like, hey! He's I'm Jerome. Fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's fine? Yeah. Okay. I think they're all fine. Although, I, I don't have a big I imagine him to be a little bit more rugged sounding. I think part of that's right, the um, graphic style, because it's still made to look, you know, essentially cel-shaded, even though it's all 3D. Like, they... Mm-hmm. With, like, the different character portraits and stuff. So, like, he's supposed yeah. to look a little older than I think the picture looks. I think I, I think it's not so yeah. much that it doesn't line up with him. Like, all the explanation and character you get around him sounds like the voice. But the picture still looks a little shiny. So. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's 40 years old. I or, I don't feel yeah. that way at all. I think he looks I think he looks 55 with a smoker. Got a smoker's cough to him. Where? Looks like he's been smoke rolling, rolling handmade cigarettes on the battlefield. Um, but hey, that's fair. That's fair. I understand my point from Fish. It's a little strange. Josh is right. They're very sleek, shiny anime portraits. Um, maybe you wanted more wrinkles. More wrinkles! Mm-hmm. No, I just wanted his voice to match. You know how old he is. <laughs> All right. Well, mu- music's actually it's just a really small too, gripe. So. Yeah, just my small gripe. Fine. Everything else, I've I've liked. Like this is my first Fire Emblem game, and like still it being early. on the Switch, like I feel like now's the best time to fucking pick up this game because you know throughout the years, I whenever I hear somebody talking about Fire Emblem, I'm just like, I'm sorry, I can't really you know have a conversation with you about this video game because I've never never had a interest to play those games, you know. <laughs> um and now I kind of see, you know, from the limited time that I've played with this game even though it's kind of they've added a lot of new stuff to the uh, the series. Um it, it is uh it, the the combat is actually it, it's good. Like it, it feels deep um and uh, at first I thought like Man, if I'm just if my characters are just running up to attack other characters, this is not going to be fun. But like, there's enough abilities in there and enough like random numbers going on in the background and like strategies that you can deploy on the field where like you can hide in the forest and like your uh, enemies attacking you while you're inside the forest for cover um will have a higher chance of missing you so like you there's all different sorts of like strategies on the battlefield as far as like placement of your units and different abilities that you can use um and how you actually you know uh confront the enemies uh, on screen which is it's interesting like uh, I, and you're uh, how many battles have you fought in there um three I would say three. Okay, there's okay, the op- good. opening one, and You're then s- there was like that mock okay, battle, good. then the practice battle that I had. Um, so yeah, and you're still pretty early on. That's good if you think you're having right. tactical stuff mm-hmm. now, because I think those first three battles are pretty much walk up and kill guy for the most part. Right? So yeah, if- it, it almost yeah, it is kind of like that. Um, but yeah, I can see where the systems eventually go, and like looking at the different skill trees and mm-hmm. they even, abilities. Oh man, yeah. yeah. The I can positioning becomes more important because, kind of like I said, the the hit chances, um, they get lower as you uh, as you go on. Not not just not just because, but because the enemies will have like more avoidance and stuff. So you'll need to make mm-hmm. sure that your your positioning is on point as you go. So they they kind of slowly uh, okay. ease you into that. Um, 
And you only have so many slots, yeah. so like little things like, oh, I'm going to carry a mace with me, so because if I walk up on someone who has heavy armor, I know I'm going to fuck their world up. Yeah. But that takes up one of my few slots I have. Like, there's, there's so many, like, I just, I will, I, I'm excited to talk to you later, Fish, when you've peeled that onion back a couple more times. Um, it's going to blow your mind how much you can do. It re- it's going to blow your mind. It really is. You're basically oh, still ready. in the I'm tutorial. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Shay. engaged God. with it. I actually like it. Um. So, anyway, God damn it, Shay. Why can't you have a switch? I'm only bitter because I was trying. Like the one point I was trying to make about this whole thing, I was trying to make him. Grant, I was trying to make him between your guys's uh, disagreement. I totally got steamrolled, and then you guys forgot to go back to it. So I'm bitter. Hmm. I'm bitter. Do you like? Do you like getting steamrolled? I. I like steaming my roll. I don't know. I thought I I could turn that into something sexual, and there was nothing there. No, 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 no. no. What what was that gross thing that people? No, let's not get into the steam. Um, the Cleveland steamer. Oh, damn it, fish! (laughs) He wouldn't have realized that. I could see it on his face. There was was no recognition going on. We we could have avoided (laughs) that. I wanted to throw it in there. <laughs> it's it's easy the to avoid. Or mm. Both the sexual joke mm. and the Cleveland steamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just tell me about the Dallas steamer. Some, some people just like it right there on their chest, though. So. All right, we're moving on. Um, uh, let's, let's work Shay in a little bit here. I do want to say that um, a couple interesting things you have going on in Shay's side of things until he gets a switch like the rest of the world. Um, True. I'm thinking about starting a some sort of a GoFundMe or no, something. No, please, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. I'm. I told you this. I've told you this. I told you this in the WhatsApp chat. I'm going to be buying a Switch after the English summer camp. I told you this. Oh, when is what is the what date is that in? Is That's like weeks? in two weeks. two weeks. It's next week. Next week. Woo! Wow. She's gonna be on the Switch so party. I'll be buying. I'll be buying a Switch in two. Two weeks. I've been. I told you guys mm-hmm. this. I've been waiting for the yeah, updated model with the better battery life, yeah. and that's coming out. Cool, cool. That's coming out. What's? I think that's coming out the tenth, actually. So. Really? Yes. What? What's going to be your first game, Shay? Fire Emblem. What's that? What? Hell yes. For sure. Hell yes. Yeah. All right. I've been. Well, that worked. I, I told you. Second guys game. That, like. This this tells me you guys don't listen to all my voice messages. I I do. I just don't I keep do. track of dates. I listen to them, but I don't remember you saying that specifically. But... I did. I did. But that's yeah. okay. That's all right. okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, well, that's I'll, I'll get you. A, that's cool. I'll get you an SD card as a as a switch warming. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's nice. Aww. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. All that extra space on there. That's that's a cool. Mm-hmm. Dude, I yeah. I like buy everything digital before. because. Mm. It's amazing just having the entire library right on there. I mean, you can pick one game to buy a physical copy and then just leave that cartridge in there, and then everything else digital. So you've just well, permanently I, got I everything used, on the Switch. I, I've been like the biggest old head here. Like, I've refused for years and years to mm-hmm. switch to digital on anything. Like, I, I have, I bought an old iPod Classic last year. Because mm. I refused. Like I bought a brand new one wow. because I, <laughs> I loved having all that music, and I didn't want to ruin my battery life on my phone or anything like that. I still bought physical copies of games, and recently, yeah. 
Like, I switched over to Spotify. Obviously, I have Netflix. I've been buying games exclusively digitally. Man, it's... Yeah. Especially with me traveling as much as I do, it's such a godsend to be able to just have everything digital. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Like, I still like having a physical copy for just, like, archive purposes and stuff, so you can go back and play a a day one version of the game is really cool. Um, Yeah. But... Yeah, when you're on the go, like especially on the Switch, like it's it's not a huge deal to switch out the cartridge, but <laughs> like it's 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 enough of a deal that sometimes I'll play something else. Well, you you know what's yeah. such a pain in the ass is those like granted they were cool, but the the oversized gaudy 3ds fucking module that you have to bring with you that has like the 3ds pocket and has all your little mm-hmm. games in another slot and you're just whipping that out oh. and you feel like oh yeah you're like what is what is what is all this for but <laughs> yeah with the switch you switch you whip the switch out and you're good to go so i'm i'm mm-hmm. excited but i'm i'm worried i'm worried about all the games i'm gonna end up buying and playing because i have fire emblem i want to play i have breath of yeah. the wild i gotta actually play um You've got you've That's got it. the the Wii U games that, have, Smash that you missed Smash. from. Uh, you can smash yeah. each other maybe one day from that generation that you missed like uh, the uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Yeah, the Donkey Freeze. Kong Tropical Freeze. That That's that's like it's so good. That's it's so so good that yeah you should definitely definitely pick that up. I don't think Morgan ever played it, but the uh, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker came came to the Switch. It's it's like no. it's just like a puzzle game. It's really lighthearted and fun where you just kind of explore these little diorama worlds. Okay. Yeah. Really I, lighthearted. Just, it's I wouldn't yeah, put it high on your list, dark... but it's amazing. So. Yeah, I just yeah. know I know that there are going to be games and the fact that the Nintendo Switch games don't go down at all in price. Mhm. I'm a little worried. Yeah, just take it yeah. easy. Don't stress yourself. I mean, I think i have a physical copy oh, Super of mario maker 2 of course mm-hmm. yeah well yeah and you, yeah. you know how much and of dark hole i got in oh yeah. odyssey yep you know yeah. and i have i have Sword like physical copies coming out later there. this year oh fuck yeah octopath traveler okay oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a ton of games you're gonna yeah all right Fortnite. Uh, before Just we get <laughs> that's gonna break the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy buy the physical copy of that. Yeah, yeah. I gotta buy the physical copy. I'll gift three um, to you guys. Uh, I was I was pretty happy about this um, premonition I had. I was I was sleeping. I woke up with fever sweats. I was like, what if Epiphany? What if Shay, who is actually a Japanese professor, streams Persona Five, a game in which you play a kid living the life of a Japanese student while Shay lives in Japan. It's a weird form of... And he bought this a long time ago and never had a reason to even play it because he's just been so busy or whatever. And me and Josh are like the only people here that have ever really dabbled in the franchise. But Shay loves JRPGs. He lo- he's living in Japan, so maybe make some correlations there that um, from his life and experiences. So 80% of our audience said that is an awesome idea. Uh, it was actually even higher than that until a lot of Persona haters came in and started bringing it down. Um... So those people better show up to these goddamn Twitch streams. I'll tell you, I'll be there though because I really want to watch. Yeah, um, it's it's funny that guy that guy that I uh, randomly played Apex with last night, friend of mine uh-huh. now. He uh, he was telling me about how Persona is one of his favorite games, and I was like, funny you mentioned that. 
um because i told him exactly <laughs> about this poll you did and said i'm thinking um uh, thinking about starting a stream for persona 5 next week because i never played it. and he's like what and he like he, he so was excited, like this yeah. like the whole time we were playing uh apex he was this really calm laid back dude like we're getting into <laughs> gunfights and he's super chill that that was the only time i saw like he had a complete reaction he's like how have you not played this game you live in japan what the hell like, <laughs> so that's what i'm saying i'm just kidding yeah. but yeah it's it's wild dude people go hard people are really passionate about persona i can so. tell mm-hmm. i can tell it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun stream um yeah i mean i'm gonna have two set streams now i'm gonna have shining force and then i'm gonna have persona I I think if Persona Five had been the first one I played, I would have been more passionate about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the first Persona game you get to is always gonna have a special place, uh, partly because the games are so long that uh, <laughs> it's like hundred yeah, hours. It, yeah, exactly. You'll have lots of bonding time with your first one. That uh, yeah, yeah. And it's new, and they kind of just do the same thing over and over. That's their thing. It's like Pokemon, but. M- way more time investment but yeah people rich that was rich our good friend podcast host that was his game of the year so anyways uh don't miss those twitch streams it's gonna be amazing when Shay has to answer qu- they ask you questions in those games when you're a student like real challenging like math questions and history questions and stuff uh and um and so i'm curious to see you answer those on the stream without cheating mm. hopefully going to google uh, <laughs> yeah You'll see how stupid I really am. <laughs> it's yeah, they're they're actual questions. It's not like made up stuff. It's like you're in a class no, and it'll be like yeah. actual like geography or math or history or something. Or yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And you can't save Scummit either. So uh but uh <laughs> Shay's also been following up on some games here. So uh, the Shay follow up minute, he's been playing Spyro and Sekiro and Darkest Dungeon. Uh let's start with Sekiro. I know you'd already talked a lot about that last week. um how's Sekiro going it's good it it was a slow it's been a slow trot into that game like I turned it on for a little bit and when I when I start to feel the angry feeling I'm like okay that's it's time to put it away for a while I think (laughs) like where I get like you know something like Super Meat Boy back in the day or Neo I would just sit there and rage for hours and like I'm I'm too old at at this point to be doing that. Like I I can't be yeah. sitting here like I'm obviously saying other words, but sometimes it comes to just that and like throwing my controllers and shit like that at the rage. Like I'm too old to be doing that. I should have never done it in the first place. But um, so I I think I got I I've been playing this like one memory of three years back when you're infiltrating this uh this castle and your father is dying, and the village is burning. Um, And I got to this point where you have to fight this purple ninja to get the special ability, and he was just kicking my ass. And it was pissing me off, and I stopped there. The purple ninja, that must be a throwback to... uh, Go ahead. It might be a throwback to... um, What's it called? Not Tenchu. Yeah, there was another. Well, I I had it in my brain. Go ahead, I'll find it. I'll find yeah, it. There's yeah, another yeah. game I was thinking of with a prominent purple ninja. I'm trying to um, think of it too. Shinobi. Was he purple? Mm. I'm sure he know, was at some point. Anyway. Okay. Anyways, um, it's it's been a fun game. I want to get. I want to play more. I mean, I've I've barely gotten into the game. I'm actually I'm at the boss right now with the uh, woman who makes illusions, like the butterfly lady. That's who I'm fighting right now. 
So I tried a few times mm-hmm. and then I turned it off. So I do want to. I'm I'm really enjoying you the rage game. Quit. Sorry, what were you saying, Fish? I said you rage quit. I did rage quit. You're absolutely right. I totally <laughs> rage quit because I was like, I don't yeah. want to get this angry. At I, I will. I will say like those those first kind of two bosses that you fight, like the the drunkard and um, the butterfly lady. Mm-hmm. Um, those were like the bottleneck of the game where like yeah. I advance so far into you know the normal timeline. And whenever you go into the past, like you have to unlock certain stuff in that to progress in the normal timeline. Um, so like I was stuck on them for a while, but like once I got down, got the combat down, and was able to beat them both, like going through that game, like you kind of that's when it like really opens up to you, and like that's when you find your flow through the game. At least for me. So okay. I'm hoping as soon as you beat those two, like you'll make a pretty big headway through yeah um, the rest of the story i've I've really been that's the that's the one thing i've really liked about this area is i've figured out kind of my playing style for this game because i I, i'm a true believer this neo is set apart from the dark soul series which is set apart from the sekiro game because they each play like they're very similar in what like the groundwork of what they are the pedigree of what they are is very similar but the combat for each of the games is very different. And we talked about this last week and I've been figuring out how, how I best play Sekiro. And so I've been toying around with the different styles of how I want to play it. And I think I've got a style now, and that's been the nice part about this area is figuring out what, how, how I can best play this game. And it's it has been a very large learning curve, and that's why I've been taking my time with it. I haven't been trying to rush into it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. usually something something like this in a game, I just sit there and try and force my dick through it and try and get to understand it. And this time, I've just been like taking it very slowly, thinking about it methodically. If I don't understand it, take a day or two off and think about it. Be like, what what is going on? Um, like how can I approach this differently? I'm trying to think I'm trying to be more methodical. So uh I do I, I'm excited to uh get back and play it. I, I haven't progressed much more than where I've been at. Uh where okay. I was, where I was at previously. But so, yeah. The um I'm excited for you to see this one boss. It is a giant monkey with a um it's like a deranged dead monkey with a katana through its fucking head it's late game i think but dude it's one of the coolest bosses i've seen i wish all the bosses were that cool that's like a bloodborne kind of a thing i remember you mentioning Um, that dude it looks wild i'll have to send you a picture of it it looks really fucking cool and i think at one point you fight it and it takes its head off so i don't know for sure but i think that's what happens are there Um, like so that sounds pretty brutal are there any other grotesque bosses like that in the game that was the one that stuck out to me because I I had seen a lot of the game and played a decent chunk of it, but that was the only one I saw where I was like, "Holy shit!" That seems like it's out of like uh, Bloodborne or Dark Souls or something. So that sounds pretty um, wild. I'm excited. Yeah, if that would have been the first boss in the game, I probably would have fallen in love with it. Um, that's fair. But that's cool. What about uh? So Spyro Three is interesting. I played like a good ten hours of Spyro Three. So you you plat you platinum all three of them or just one and three? No. So I I did the first one a few weeks ago, and then, uh, full disclosure, I only played the first one as a child. 
completely. I played segments of two, Ripto's Rage and Three Year of the Dragon, very briefly, but I was never, I was never as high on them as I was the first one. Yeah, and so obviously getting this trilogy has been interesting because I've always wanted, I've always kind of felt guilty in a way for loving the first one, but never having played the second or third one. That's a weird thing. So I decided this past week that I was going to play the second one, uh, Ripto's Rage. And so I turned that on and it's very similar to the first one um, in a lot of ways, but it just, to me, it didn't have quite the same charm as the first one because the the charm of the first one is really you interacting with those dragons and you're saving your your kind essentially. And the yeah. second one you're gathering orbs because this crazy these three crazy creatures from a different realm um or universe have magically come in because they, uh the people in the second game were toying with uh realm technology essentially. And it's interesting. I it wasn't my favorite part was interacting with the people in the second game. I didn't find them as appealing as rescuing the dragons in the first game. But I It's it, not, yeah. No, it's yeah, not it's... it's not, but there are a lot of the environments in the second game are very beautiful. Uh I enjoyed that for sure. And I enjoy one thing I really enjoyed about the second game is they introduced some new abilities. Uh, like the ability to climb or to head bash, which you have to do in certain segments. And I yeah, I really the first head bash. No, no, that's later. On, I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. The the second one still is fairly gorgeous and well made, but it just starts weird. And then like like you said, like not saving dragons was like one of the charming things about the first one. I just thought that was you mean saving uh, dragons was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, and like not saving them in the second one. I was like, what? Like yeah. Yeah, and I I get that Weird. because you don't want to repeat the same formula. Um, yeah, th- there's yeah. there's one one particular. Th- I swear to fuck, I swear to fuck, guys. Okay. I almost quit gaming because of this fucking mission in Ripto's Rage. I'm not kidding. Okay. There there's a point in the game where you have to get on this trolley and gather these 50 collectible items to get an orb. And every time you fucking fail, there's a fucking bird there that says, trouble with the trolley, eh? I swear (laughs) to God. I heard that over a hundred times. I almost quit gaming because of this motherfucker. I'm not kidding. Is this is three the one that had those weird uh, mini games, Shay, where you had to like race these, yes, like dragonflies through the circles. It was like yes. these circles, yeah. yeah okay. That's the third. Those one. were tough too. Yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you right now, guys, that is one of the worst segments in a video game I've ever played. And Ugh. the reason why is because the trolley maneuvering itself is not terrible. I mean, it's pretty standard platformy action adventure style maneuvering. It's not a big deal. But there's this thing in there, this this mechanic where these cranes whip around and they drop something in the track. And you have to jump over it. Mm-hmm. And half the time I was nailing the jumps perfectly and half the time my cart was blowing up and I could not figure out, like, I was, I was getting so angry. I was like, I'm jumping at the same point every time. 
Why is it sometimes my cart blows up, my trolley blows up, and other times it doesn't? It didn't make any sense to me. And it wasn't made clear why this was the case. Now, in the trolley, they give you the ability to shoot like a fireball out and blow shit up. But everything you shoot the fireball at, nothing blows up. So I was like, why are they giving you this? Come to find out that crane sometimes drops a box, and sometimes it drops a TNT barrel. So the box you're supposed to jump over, the TNT barrel you're supposed to blow up. Now, the game does have an improved amount of graphics, but when it's happening, because it happens fast, for me, and I know for a lot of other people, because I researched this very extensively <laughs> online in my rage, it's not readily super apparent which the, is which. Yeah. I wonder if the increased graphics actually made it harder to read because it's not just like a really simple low poly model. Right, right. Like, you know, that that might have been the case because in an older game, you're going to be able to tell the ability like between instantly a square box and like uh-huh. an oblong barrel. Uh-huh. But for me, I couldn't figure that out. And I'm going to yeah. be honest, also, I, you I had, had to better, figure out how to pass this. Yeah, you would have had better response time too on an older console and a CRT television. So, right. Yeah. Right. And it, the, the, you know what it turned out to be? Joshua wasn't even the response time. It was the fact that you were you supposed just weren't doing to the right blow thing. up the barrel. Yeah. Right. And it was such a simple thing. Nothing that was alluded to. And it was, it was not so much like once I figured that out, it was, it was a breeze. It took me like two times and I passed. It, it wasn't the fact that, I mean, it's part of it. It's a small part that it didn't tell you. It wasn't the fact that, like, there are two different types and it's a long-ass mission. It was the fact that that stupid fucking bird every time taunted you with trouble with the trolley, eh? And it's actually, I found out because of it that this is an inside joke with anyone who plays this game. Every single trouble video, with the trolley, eh? every single blog and forum that has this question, everyone types trouble with the trolley eh fuck that bird <laughs> fuck that segment and i well, was so worried because at the end of the game nightmares when you get all the orbs and you get all the gems there's a new segment that opens up opens up it's like a dragon area like they're like mini games at the very end that you can play and one of them is a trolley game again and i was no, like no <laughs> I was like, fuck, fuck this fucking game. I was having PTSD. No, I shouldn't make fun of PTSD. I was having flashbacks, and um, they were not good. No, no, it works. Post-traumatic spiral disorder. Ooh. Oh. That, that works. That works. You can't shake your head at that one, Josh. It's actually oh. half decent. <laughs> but um, overall, the game is, besides that segment, it is still a solid game. It was very fun. I enjoyed my time with it. Um, it's definitely longer than the first one. It's a little bit well, longer. And, and the biggest thing you didn't mention, but that helps the charm, is that you save baby dragons this time. Don't save full dragons, but at least you're saving little baby dragons. So you do feel a little bit of the dragon In saving the charm. One? No, you don't In the save... the third one. The third not... one. Oh, the third one, yeah. The second one, you're not saving any dragons. But it's cute because, like, each... This is one thing I really liked about the second one. You go to each world or not each world, but each level, and there's a different character to greet you. So it feels like it adds more to the uniqueness of each level. 
Like with the second just... one, you're really jumping around here. Second, third one, second, third one. Making you're my head spin. Mentioning the third one, I haven't mentioned the third one once. You you just talked about Ripto's Rage. Ripto's for... Rage is the second oh, one. Oh fuck, you're right. That was my fault. God, God damn. damn it! I thought Ripto's Rage was the third one. That's Year of no, the Dragon. That's Year of the Dragon. Oh, okay. No, you're right. I totally was wrong about that. Okay. Damn. I thought you were... I was like, why is he jumping back and forth between Spyro 3 and 2? I'm confused. Okay, so you haven't touched Spyro 3 yet. No, I haven't, no. Okay, Um, But each each level you jump into... (laughs) Each level you jump into, there's, like, characters to greet you, and they're unique to each level. So, like, the first one, you would just hop into a level... And the environment kind of builds the world for you. And this one, it's not just the environment, it's the characters in each level. So, like, one level you jump into and there are these caterpillars trying to fend off these birds. Or you jump into another level and it's these little villagers trying to protect themselves from these abominable snowmen. Or you jump in this one world and it's these um, little village people trying to protect themselves from these... Village people, YMCA. Yeah, I'm surprised no one made I, that joke. Um, I, protecting themselves from this huge sorcerer. I don't get it. Why am, what? Village people, YMCA. The song YMCA I, by the village people. Huh. I I I don't know. Huh. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. <laughs> Anyways, um, but it just added more world building to each level, okay. which was awesome. I should I should go back and give the second one more of a shot because it just. It started off on such a bad foot, but it sounds like it gets it gets pretty, really good, dude. Good. I agree. I agree. The first like cutscene really didn't sell the game for me when they introduced Ripto and his two cronies. It yeah, it was not it was not great. But after that, the the world opens up. It's a lot of fun. It really is. So Spyro One still still the best. And I still and I best. think that is because like we were talking about with Persona earlier. So the first one was the game I was introduced to. Maybe if I played the second one, I would like the second one more. Well, Who knows? That's true. If you played the second one first. But I mean, I've talked about this first Spyro length, so we don't need to go into that. But I just think that's a, a perfect video game. What about, um, what about Darkest Dungeon? Why the hell are you playing that? So Darkest Dungeon was something that was mentioned to me in a stream. Because uh, I've obviously been very active in streams the past few weeks i've been trying to you know build our fan base and meet new people and hang out with a lot of our fans and friends who already listen to the chomp cast and uh-huh. some people were talking about this game called darkest dungeon being super difficult there's permadeath it was on sale on playstation i heard a few people mention it and it intrigued me the way they described it so i went and looked it up on um <laughs> I went and looked it up on the PlayStation Network, and it was, of course it was on sale. And uh, for my birthday, I got some PlayStation money, whatever. So I put used to it. I put used to it, and uh, I ended up picking up Darkest Dungeon. And it's a really difficult game. And I downloaded it before my birthday stream, and... I asked the people there, I was like, should we play this game? Because some other people were interested in picking it up too. And it's a very interesting game. Like, it's not quite like anything I've played, yet it's reminiscent of a game that we all loved last year. So I'll get a little bit more into that. But basically, you have up to four characters, and you're walking, like, you go, you have a mission, and you go into a dungeon, and you're trying to solve 
a certain mission, and each character is very different. You can hire characters, and they're many different kinds. And they have the position that they are in battle influences how well they do. And okay. it's it's this very, very gritty game, and it's um it's super difficult, man. Like you walk into a dungeon and you have to assume at least one of your characters are gonna die. Because that is really every single time, huh? Yes, almost. So but how does that work though with the characters? Are they like do you grow an attachment to them? Are they just completely randomized, like fodder? Like, what's the? It's it's so this is this is the thing. It's very similar to Into the Breach, in terms of the characters you select and how you hire them. Because with Into the Breach, you okay. find new characters, basically along and, the way. Yeah, yeah, right. And you choose which ones you want to use, and it's likely, it's likely that at least one of those characters is going to die along the way, right? Because yes. at some point, you may, you may have made a mistake, and you have to sacrifice one of your characters. And so you, you can appreciate and like certain characters, but if you get an attachment to them, then you may not strategize as well, because you're trying to make sure one stays alive, because you have an affinity for him, when you should be making the best choice, or the smartest choice, not the choice that dictates who you like the most. That is dictated by who you like the most. And so with this game, um, I've gotten, and like I have certain characters that I like using more because they're more reliable and I've managed to keep them alive so they're more powerful. But I also know at the end of the day that they can die easily. And so okay. I, have, like, I don't have an affinity for one per se because I know that at any given moment they can die. So it's it's a weird it's a weird feeling. It's like it's less about the characters and it's more about resource management and allocation. Yeah, so that's what yeah. I'm saying. You it reminds me a lot of this game that's on Xbox Live right now where you basically use all these like old dehydrated prisoners as like fodder. Like every time you start the game it's like a new mission and um they have like stats to them but you know they're not gonna make it, you know? Uh, right. But what's so? What's the actual combat like? Just turn-based RPGs? Yeah, it's very turn-based. So like, it's it's like it's side-scrolling um, in the dungeon, and when you come upon enemies, like your characters are in a in a line, a single-file line, and mm-hmm. their position dictates what attacks they can and can't use. It dic- sometimes dictates what attacks they can and can't be hit by, and it's very turn-based. Um, so. Okay. Certain certain characters get certain um certain opportunities essentially, and it's it's based off of stats, and it's also based off of like you can surprise enemies sometimes, so you'll get the jump, and you get all your characters get to attack first, and sometimes mm-hmm. the opposite is true. It's it, it's interesting, and you really have to strategize because there are a lot of abilities with their attacks too. And this is where it comes into play a little bit with D&D. Like you can, you can deal plague damage on top of your normal damage, which is basically like a poison effect. Or you can deal bleed damage, which when you stab a character, the next turn they take bleed damage. And so you can stun characters as well too, as well, um, the enemies. You can debuff characters or you can buff them. Obviously, it's very. There's a lot of tropes in there from RPGs, but it's 
it's imperative that you understand these different status effects and how to chain them because if you don't, you're more prone to die. So, for example, like one character will have an ability to mark an enemy, but another character has the ability to do 50% additional damage to a marked character. So you're chaining Mm -hmm. certain attacks. And it's very strategy driven. It's it's like five steps up from something like uh, Shining Force or Fire Emblem. And it it was cool because how it unfolded was I, I you know, I tried it for the first time ever on stream and I, I happened to get raided in that stream. And the people who raided, there happened to be like two or three guys who loved the game and played it very avidly when it first came out. So, they're so they were helping just you out? Giving, yeah, they're giving me this like in-depth tutorial that the game doesn't quite give you. And they were really helping me out as a result. And um, they helped me understand a lot of things in the game that would have taken me a lot longer to figure out on my own. Because the tutorial that you get is not very in-depth. You, it's it's you, like an old school yeah. RPG. You, they really yeah. throw you in there, and you got to figure it out. Do you think I would like it? I know for a fact, Morgan, that there would be aspects you would like about, like for example, how the characters, like how you basically hire them or bring them along, is similar to Into the Breach. There are those elements, but overall, you would get pissed with the game, and I don't think you'd like it. It's too difficult. Right, but the nice, yeah. I think I think it'd be worth a try for you. But well, isn't the selling point the the art direction is like a big selling point with that game, right? Because it's it's, it's got a very distinctive, really horrifying look to it. It's very distinct, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna like it at first, to be honest with you. And the and I don't know. It's there's something very very different about it. It felt very unfamiliar, so I was like, I don't know, but. I've really grown to like it a lot. It's very unique. Huh. It's set apart from anything else. It's cool. I like it a lot. And it's cool too because like when you go into a dungeon, you have to obviously use torches and your torch meter runs down over time and you have to use more. And this affects a lot of different things in the game. The, mm. the wider the torch, obviously the better you can see. And Okay the the less dangerous it is like the less well that sounds like the biggest hook because it's called darkest dungeon so it's all based around light right so the less damage these enemies will deal the more torch light you have but the less you have the harder they do but the bigger the reward so they're scarier fuck yeah that sounds cool i mean i it's on switch i think if it goes on sale and it gets quiet (laughs) when is it gonna get quiet again I would like to. I really do want to play that. I really want to pick it up. I mean, it's on sale right now. On the Switch? I don't think it's. Is it on the Switch? I don't. Know I just. Pl- I play my Switch all the time right now, so. That's fair. That's fair because you don't really have access to I, anything else. It, it's. I know it's on the Switch. I just don't know if it's on sale. But it's not expensive. It's not an expensive game. I bet it's like ten bucks or something. So. Well, it was. It was I think it's twenty. Oh, okay. It was, it was on sale for ten. Um, one quick thing I wanted to, but I have another question to ask you, Shay, um, but I wanted to slip a poll in here because it's really hot, so I'm popping this open on podcast. Oh, yeah. That is the sound of an ice-cold LaCroix, which, uh, is all the rage these days with the kids, I guess. Mm. (sighs) Mmm. God, you're 
teasing me with that. Jeez. Fish, wow. Oh. Fish is getting excited about this LaCroix. So when Josh yeah. made fun of you about LaCroix, he was actually right. You're all about the LaCroix. Uh, well, I've never actually gone out and bought myself my own, but like oh. every once in a oh, while, so you're like, a scavenger. I'll come across you're a, a LaCroix scavenger. Uh, <laughs> yes. Exactly. No, my job actually provides LaCroix, so like I'll just grab a LaCroix. Um and it's like it's weirdly like it refreshing. So the, the it's refreshing, but the, like the taste is just like it's so faint in it that it's like, you almost just sit there and like what can I what can I taste in this water? You know, it's like a watered down something, you know. Um and yeah. it's, 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 it's you're not selling it's, it. You're not selling no, it. I'm not. I get it. Like it's just something the you thing, have to The experience. thing with Lacroix is, I mean, it was a big meme. Is a lot of people, especially in the U.S., they want a ton of flavor, and this is something you never realize until you leave the U.S. Everything in the U.S. is packed with so much fucking flavor. It's overwhelming, mm. and I didn't realize mm. it until I, you know, Sugar. obviously I've been in Japan, and when I went back. To, to the u.s earlier this year i went to we went to dq when i was back and we got this little like chicken wrap this one dollar chicken wrap barbecue chicken wrap and it was just exploding with all this flavor and it was overwhelming mm. i actually i didn't even want to finish it because there was so much fucking flavor in this mm. little wrap and with Lacroix, people like when they see all oh, strawberry they expect you to specifically taste strawberry with a hint of whatever's left over but it's the opposite and that's part of what makes it refreshing. It's like drinking Perrier with a little hint of flavor in it. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's easy to bash, like you're saying, Shay, because there's not very much. Like, it almost tastes like backwash, but refreshing. Um, it's, it's just like, it's it's a crisp faint of a taste. And yes. it's, not, it's, not, it's not the highlight of the drink. It's, you could the, say it's, it's like naturally the aftertaste of a drink. And uh -huh. I, I'm not trying to sit here and sound like some arrogant um holier than thou person like <laughs> it's the aftertaste hmm. it's the faintest aftertaste but like that's the point of the drink so like yeah if you want if you want something that's overpowering in flavor yeah you're not gonna yeah, like yeah LaCroix. i agree but if you want the nice taste and the crisp flavor of a lime water to just ever so caress your tongue it's true. This one is cherry lemon, and it's all right. Um, no, it's it's true, Shay. You have to. Here's the thing I think is interesting about Lacroix. I got a lot of people messaging messaging me about this, especially on my private Instagram, because when I came back from the doctor, I was like, I got to cut back on like ninety percent of my soda because you know the phosphoric acid might have been disintegrating my bones. Um, and uh, it's it's not. Well, look, it's not. The doctor straight up told me he's like, I don't know. You seem healthy. It's that might have nothing to do with it. But let's put it this way. I drink more soda than anybody I know. So if I was an experiment, I broke my foot one I broke my foot one foot off the ground on a children's swing. So if I was your test subject, <laughs> it's not a very good uh, look not, for me. Not, not a ring great. endorsement. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this. I have, I have people in my life. Don't drink sodas. I have people in, in my life who have terrible health. And they are very avid soda drinkers. I also know this for a fact that um, I used to be really big into drinking soda when I was 19 and 20. And I got a ton of cavities as a result. And I, I 
how to get a lot of dental work. Uh, and actually it degraded some of the, the bone structure in my, my jaw area. So because of all the sugar and how stuff in there. How deep were these cavities? No, not the cavities, all the sugar, all the sugar that I was ta- well, in taking yeah, in. So that's a good point. Well, that's a, the biggest myth that the biggest thing that confused people when they messaged me, I was like, I don't, I'm not drinking sugary sodas. I'm stopping for the, there's other stuff in there that I'm trying to avoid. Most people, I guess I'm in, I'm not saying I'm in the minority because diet soda is very popular, but I'm one of those weirdos that really likes diet soda. So my issues with soda were not related to the sugar. They're more related to like, look, I don't want to have the conversation about aspartame. You knew, you knew I was gearing up. You knew Josh and I were gearing up for that. But I will say that, you know, it's been nice to cut back just because, like anything in life, even smoking, they've, they've shown that if smokers stop smoking for like six months, their lungs can regenerate so much yep. of, that, uh, of that health back. So it's, it's good for me to cut back because I was just drinking too much soda and I feel... But the, here's my thing with LaCroix. I'll just sum it up like this real quickly for you guys. I agree with all the jokes. People message me about how it kind of tastes like backwash or like water that was in the room with other water when it farted um some, something like that <laughs> some, some weird stuff like that um <laughs> i don't know why that's so funny but it is it's if you go i'm trying to find the best to explain this it's it's on the scale of one to ten for me it's only a two but i don't like the flavor of water I think water's, unless I'm outside working out or I'm drenched in, in the summer heat, lifting weights or something, I'm not really into drinking water. Um, so this is better than drinking water. I just don't, you can shake your head all you want. I just don't enjoy the flavor of water. And a lot of people message me and they, they agree. They're like, water's boring. But this is slightly less boring. Now, so I'm going to stick with it, I think. I'm going to experiment with it because it is slightly... It gives, got a little fizz to it. My my kids like it a lot, and it's a healthier option. So, Definitely. do I think it tastes great? No. Do I think it tastes better than water? Yes. So there we go. Hey, mm. if you like the taste of farts, you like the taste of Lacroix. Farted water. Now, the funny way to end this segment is seventy-seven percent of our audience said that they prefer soda over Lacroix. So yeah, there no, you go. that that bears out from them. All the data there. Like, <laughs> of course, so does Coke better, is yes. literally everywhere. Like, yeah, and anywhere. I yeah, like the options dude, are Coke and su- Diet yeah. Coke. That's that's yeah. This is what would surprise you guys. As much as I love soda, I do not really enjoy traditional soda, like sugary soda. That's that's why I got on my diet kick. Uh, as much as you guys joke with me, I've I don't really enjoy how regular soda feels and tastes. It is so, thicker. Um, yeah, well, oh, that's what she said. I knew that was coming. Yeah, it's been a while since we could do it. Now, we pretty much hit all the polls. There's one I'm saving for the very end of the show, and that's Lion King. So hang in there as far as VIP patrons like Ivan. You want to hear my thoughts on Lion King. I'll close the show with that. I had a question about Shark Week, but I just don't think. Let's just throw it in there. I asked people if they got down on Shark Week, and it was split about 50-50. I'm, a bi- I'm one of the biggest shark nerds in the world, and I don't even watch Shark Week. Um, just because I used to, I used to try to get into it and it was just always these ch- cheesy reenactments of like a guy on the ocean and they're like, this was just yeah. a regular day at the beach for John until something went wrong. And they got like these horribly 
you know, pathetic reenactments of him in the water and the camera splashing. Ah! How is Shark just... Week still a thing? Like, who are these people? Well, the the thing I don't like about Shark Week is it, it spreads a lot. Like, there's some, there's some level there that it's informative. And they are trying to yes. be informative. But that's not what sells. What sells is the uh-huh. fucking drama. And the so stupid it, reenactments. It, it's, and they're paints, not even good! It paints <laughs> this negative image about sharks. And... It's not, well, it's terrible. And like, they're showing off like four shark species. Like I was, sh- I was talking with Morgan about this last month. Do you guys know what a Wabagong is? You can't say that on air. <laughs> I can. <laughs> I got it cleared. Well, look, dude, fish, fish sends me pictures of his Wabagong every day. So. <laughs> well, he's not supposed to have that. A Wabagong is a carpet shark and they're very, very cool looking. and. They don't talk about that shit very often on Shark Week. I mean, I'm or, sure they do, and I'm sure they have, but like it, it could be used as super. It's a little sensationalized, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it's like that thing I sent you privately, Shay. It's called a buzzsaw, buzzsaw shark, and it is one of the weirdest prehistoric things. And if their their intel they've gathered from the fossils is accurate, because you know they gather fossils and they have to sort of hypothesize what these things actually look like. It's basically a shark where the lower jaw spirals down into a buzzsaw shape, and they think maybe it was, it's called a uh, helicoprion, and they think it's basically like a form of a bottom feeder maybe, like it used its uh, lower jaw to sort of pull stuff off the bottom of the ocean. Um, and it was a predator that lived a long, long time ago, and people don't know a lot about it. If you've never looked up the buzzsaw shark, it's one of the weirdest things in the world. You should go look it out. It's, it's, it's actually called... It's called a ratfish. That's not a joke. It's actually called something called a ratfish. So interesting. Yeah, I, I remember um, you sending that. Yeah, it was cool to look at. I had never, yeah, I'd never seen that before in my life. So, anyways, uh, sorry to lean over and get my cat out of my room. Um, that's the that's it for the polls. Other than the very last one, and Josh, I did find out that the purple ninja I was thinking of was that PS One game we played, Ninja Shadow of the Darkness. Oh, remember yeah. that old. Yeah, Weird yeah, yeah. PS1 the, the, action. the like that kind of isometric ninja game. Brawlery. Yeah. yeah. Wish we could go back and find that one day. What, a, mm-hmm. what about the Patreon polls? I think I only ever played that um, on the that, demo disc. Yes. Hmm. I was just I was just splitting up our conversation because we have a lot more to get to. Oh, we do. Um, a good decent amount. Oh. Uh, Shay, as you know, has been very active on Twitter, but also. Our Patreon page, if you go to patreon.com slash swordchomp, if you're a new listener or you love what we do, look, we're going to be here doing the show anyway, but we won't be sad and our wives won't be making our lives hell if at least there's some money coming in for us to support everything we do, because it it does cost money. Games are expensive. Web fees are expensive. But we try, you know. We we really need to get Fish's mom off his back. (laughs) I can't. I can't live here forever, guys. I mean, I need to make it big. She, if she picks up one more crusty sock, that's it. That is fucking it. Come He's gonna get kicked out. That really has less to do with exactly. what we're doing here, but it's still her major complaint. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's probably worth mentioning that here just for the public shaming of it, just to make sure that it really gets right. You know, right when he brings I, a, when he brings a woman over, he doesn't want to have to introduce his mom as his sock maiden. Uh huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't like the way any of that came out. Um, <laughs> but 
But I will Coincidentally say Coincidentally is what his mom says when she picks <laughs> oh, up his socks. Oh, no. No. All right. It's, that's it's, enough. It's, that's it's enough. I'm sorry, It's the traces of Fish. blood that's been concerning. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean that. I didn't. I, okay. I feel so it's bad. Okay. I can see the hurt in his eyes right now. He's not hurt. He yes, he is. Look, no. it's it's a pride thing, Fish. Whenever I lived with my parents, I it was a game. You know, how many crusty socks was I going to leave behind, you know, for my family to pick up? Um, the fuck? I just told her I had um, a bad cold that I was blowing my nose in them. Um, I'm, really, I'm really concerned. You know what? Yeah. Everyone has that they're, story they're, the first time their time mom bombs. was doing their lawn. He's, he's been betting on... On which VHS case they'll finally open up and find the last one in? I was gonna say I was gonna say they're gonna search for an upper decker and just find a top bowl of socks. Uh, true, man. I got a great. I'll save that. Man, I got a great like. Uh, first, uh, I'll do this in ten seconds. My friend stole uh, a Playboy from his dad's house. We went to my house. We were looking at it in my bedroom. My mom came in. I slipped it into a Pokemon strategy guide. Uh, and I was literally staring at my mom with shaking, but the Playboy was inside of the Pokemon strategy guide. <sighs> I just barely got away with it. Um, anyways, so Patreon Jesus. polls. If you are signed up for our Patreon, not only do you support us, not only to get access to our VIP Instagram page for $5, it's top secret, but you can vote on special polls. Uh, like this now, do the one dollar uh, tier people get to vote as well? Anybody who signed up to our Patreon, one dollar, three dollar, five dollar, okay. twenty dollar. The six hundred and sixty-six dollar Morgan's boudoir photo mm-hmm. shoot. Anyone? Well, on the twenty dollar. What do people get for the twenty dollars again? They get something special. They do. They get to have a Skype session with us once a month. I know it's That's crazy. Incredible. I know you get to hear Fish talk more than five minutes. Well, sometimes he'll hold up and that. And then you get to hear Morgan camera. talk mm-hmm. less than one hour. Hmm. <laughs> What can I say? I I talk a lot. Uh, so yeah, I'll shut up now though, so you can tell us about the Patreon polls. Oh, please do. No, I'm just kidding. I feel bad now that I said both those things. No, the the first Patreon poll that our Patreon fans or patrons voted on was show topics. Um, this one I wanted to be a little bit more serious. I was just curious about our content as of late. I asked them if they enjoyed the silly topics, the serious topics, or just any content is good. One voted for silly. Zero for serious. Eight voted for any and all topics. And zero people voted for shouldn't you be making my damn episode instead of making stupid polls? So, that's good. We can continue talking about whatever the hell we want to talk about. (laughs) Now this one, I saved this one for last because this one was funny to me. I said, who is the funniest host on the Chompcast? Fish, you had two votes. Josh, you had two votes. Morgan, you had four votes. And me had one vote. So I am the least funny person here. You guys are all funnier than me. And Morgan is more funnier than all of us. We could have told you that without a poll, Shay. You know what? Zambo! Sometimes you just need a poll to reaffirm what you already know. Uh, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. That's all right. I'm glad that you guys are funnier than me. I'm just depraved. Well, I like. Yeah, yeah. I have a very specific 
certain type of humor. That's true. I can can Um, accept that. Okay, well, thank you everyone for voting on Shay's Patreon polls. Yeah. Uh, A lot of fun. Let's see here. I'm kind of, I'm scanning over everything to make sure I didn't forget anything before I get to my uh, Lion King review here. My my two-minute rundown of Lion King with you guys. Um, But there's a a lot of fun stuff going on with uh, games right now in the middle of summer with Fire Emblem and some of these other stuff we're playing. Excited for Persona with Shay. We hit all the polls. So, you know, that's looking great. And again, our, our Patreon, our patrons are incredible. Um, and just looking kind of as I peer through social media, I'm meeting a lot of new people in these coming weeks that have been fantastic as well. And, you know, just trying to make our, you might see a little more memes than normal on our, our Sorchom Instagram page, but I'm just trying to find a way to bring, I do filter them to try and make sure they're the best of the best that sort of go along with our sense of humor. But I'm trying to find a way to sort of bring in uh, a wider audience to Sword Chomp. Um, some fun stuff with Mario Maker. I had some, a lot of people trying some of my levels. I was looking, I've had almost like 300 people play my Mario Maker levels, which for me is, is awesome. Um, because you make them and you're really proud of them. And, you know, I had to take a break because it just, I didn't want to shit out 30 Mario Maker levels. But the Instagram has been a lot of fun. I know Twitter's doing great. Chase having a lot of fun over there. Um, so I want to just, our community has been incredible. So thank you for being a part of it. And if you're new, we're happy to have you on board. A lot of inside weird jokes, like the word of the month, which is something Shay was starting. And, uh, we were hiding some words of the month in this very podcast. Now, what the hell am I talking about, Shay? So we're introducing something new this month. I had an idea, uh, in July. I wanted to try it. So we're going to try and do this, uh, for this month. See how it goes. There's a word in this podcast that we have selected as the word of the month. Now, you as a fan have the opportunity once per podcast to tell us what you think the word is. You can message me on Twitter or message Morgan on Instagram. Or if you have neither of those, just send us an email at swordchomp at gmail.com. And if you get the word correct, we will gift you a $5 tier to our Patreon for the month. Now, that means you have access to the polls. You have access to the shout-outs for the month. We'll treat you just like any one of our other Patreons or patrons. And you have access for the month to the Super Secret Instagram. So, for example, if you guess the August word of the month, for the month of September, we give you free access to that. Now. If you are already a patron, you can still participate. You can use it for yourself for one month. We'll pay for yours. Or you can gift it to a friend and try and get them into the podcast. And you can show them why you um, enjoy our podcast and why you donate money to us every month. So it's, it's kind of a way like we've been trying to figure out ways that we can give back to our community for being so supportive to us and a way to, you know, increase the community here, to be honest with you. So every month it'll be one word in all four of the podcasts. And it's not going to be something like the word the, I'm not, I'm not that cheap. I'm not that big of an ass. It'll be something hidden or highlighted, but well, here's the thing. You gave us four words before the podcast. And I did did that because 
because I want to make it not super easy. I don't want it oh, to be God. so easy. This is impossible. <laughs> it's not impossible. Like, okay, right. here's the thing. Like, it's not going to be like an everyday word. It's going to be a word that stands out a little bit more than others. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so obviously not micro penis. No. It's got to stand out. Got to stand out just a little bit more than that. Oh, I'll, I'll give. I'll, maybe I can get. So we all had a word, but there's not four words of the month. There's just one. So you were just trying to throw us off the trail, right? I'm trying to. Yeah, I want. I want to make it a little bit more difficult. So how come I don't know the word of the month? I work for the goddamn company. I I said it before the podcast. Yeah. I said it, and mm. you had the headphones in. <sighs> you responded. You really got to start listening to people, man. I listened, but I don't understand. No, I, I get that. I don't even know what to say here. I, I'm just flabbergasted right now. Anyways, so there's a word of the month. If you find it, you get access to our $5 Patreon tier. There you go. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. I know what it is, though. <laughs> I think. You literally... <laughs> <laughs> you just said a minute ago, I don't know what it is. I've got a gut feeling. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was going to give him a clue, but we'll see what happens. No clues. No clues. I mean, I want it to be challenging, but... um, All right, so we'll let, next week we'll have some follow-up, you know, when, especially when Fish gets some more time with Fire Emblem. Shay, you're, you're going to be here next week, right? It's no, the week no after that's, your... that's the week I'm going to summer camp, remember? Okay, so... Well, that's why I was asking you. Yeah. Um, Jeez, I'm not being mean. I'm just, I'm just I, okay. So Shay will not be here next week. So I'm going to try to get us a guest of some sorts, but um, that's okay because Shay is going to be sick of talking about listening to us talk about Fire Emblem all day and then until he has a copy. Um, all right. Well, it's been a fun show. I do. I tease this. A lot of people message me about it when I was highlighting the Lion King. I want to ask you guys as we wrap this up here in the last couple minutes. How do you guys feel about the Lion King, the original Disney classic? Oh, I loved it. It's an awesome movie. As a kid? Oh my gosh. Crying? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You cry? I love yeah, it's one of the best kid. Disney films. <laughs> yeah. It's classic. Yeah. What part got you? It is classic. I agree. Mufasa what part dying, made you cry? Of course. Oh, okay. Mufasa. Simba, remember who uh, you are. You are the one true king, my son. Oh, the clouds. Yeah, yeah that part is pretty yeah. emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious how they, if they do that in the movie. They do. You know, the they do. Movie. Yeah. They do? Oh, but okay. it's a little more. Is it a one for one shot? It's a is, little. Is it like... Most, like, 80% of the movie is. It's, they use, like, a lightning effect to sort of, like, when the lightning strikes, you can sort of see the shape of a lion's head in the, in the clouds, but it's done. It's meant to look very realistic. Um, but it, yes, they still do the whole lion's face in the cloud thing, right? Um, where Mufasa oh. talks to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the... I've thought a lot about this. I was lucky because I got to go into this movie with sort of no expectations. I actually wanted to see a different movie. Um, but my kid really wanted to see The Lion King. And I did too, I, at some point. So I was like, you know what? I need to spend time. I want to spend time with my family. Get some popcorn. We'll have like a fun family movie night. And But I didn't really have any expectations for it. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I will say this, it's very weird at first because you hear the music and you see the shot for shot stuff, but it's hyper realistic and it's just strange. It's just really strange. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, <laughs> this is, this is weird. Like this is like a whole different coat of paint. You know what I mean? 
Uh, and the big criticism that I have scoured through all the reviews that I can find because audiences and critics were split is that they were saying that this new version of the Lion King does not have as much expression um, in the characters as obviously the original cartoon did, which was more expressionistic. Yeah. Um, Everything can be exaggerated in 2D. So. Yes. And with cartoons, you can make them do whatever you want. And I thought a lot about it as I was watching the movie and leaving the movie. And the reason I think that criticism is kind of silly is because if you look at the movie and you go into a realistic version of The Lion King and you think that looks interesting to you, then you will probably love it because that's exactly what it is. I, I don't think expecting it would be ridiculous if these realistic animals did that. If that's something that doesn't sound appealing to you, then you wouldn't want to go to that movie anyway. So I, I thought that criticism was interesting because it's sort of like, well, I could have, I could have written that review before I saw the damn movie. I could have written that when I saw the trailer, you know? Yes. The animals are not expressionistic in the classic way, except for the fact that I noticed they'd put a lot of work into how the animals reacted with other animals. Like, they, I'm sure they did tons of research, right? But, you know, like when a, two lions get together, the way they kind of nuzzle up on each other, um, the way like a bird would move around on the ground or land on a branch, like as like the inner biologist nerd in me, um, obviously I'm not a biologist like Shay, but that nerd in me was just, I was fascinated by watching how much work they put into the CGI, of the animal's movements. That's where the expression comes in hyper-realism. It does not come in the form of mouths moving um, like brows you know what i mean like it doesn't come in the facial side of things mm -hmm. um and and it is a little weird when they're singing because yes they're not it doesn't look like they're just belting out these things like oh, i just can't wait you know what i mean it, it's they look like animals would really sing which is how humans really sing which is generally a little more subdued so um i think if you know that going in you'll enjoy it i will tell you this the thing that really surprised me from the first 10 minutes of the movie after the whole intro was you guys remember that scene in the very beginning of the movie where the mouse is running around and scar catches it in his little paws yes mm -hmm. and its little tail or whatever is looking out um and then it gets away and he's mad he's like oh you cost me my lunch zazu or whatever they the the movie won me over right at the beginning because it was like a really long scene where they were following this mouse and it was like hyper realistic the way he's moving crawling over these rocks with the music and it crawled into this cave and it climbed up on this bone and you could like see the rotting carcass and the flesh and everything on it. And, and then that whole scene sort of plays out as he comes out of the darkness. And I was like, okay, this is different because I was getting that dark feeling that you get with nature. Have you guys ever watched like a nature video where like mm -hmm. a lion eats a zebra? Nature is, I know it's like fun to say nature is metal on social media, but nature is fucked up. Nature is unflinching because it doesn't care about your feelings, you know, that thing has to eat that other thing to live. And that's all that matters. It's survival, right? So there's a weird element of that in this film because of how realistic it is that the original film did not have. On the flip side, there isn't that sort of whimsical nature that the original film had. So I think it's throwing people off because they hear these songs and they, and they have all these memories, but it's, it's, it's very dark and realistic and it's probably just confusing for people like sort of like the thing they want until they get it and they're like i don't know if i really wanted this you know what i mean it's like everyone was excited about it when it was revealed and they saw the cast and then they got it and they were like well maybe 
this wasn't what I particularly wanted. Okay. I, on the other hand, thought thought it was great because, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll, and I'll shut up. The voice acting cast was worth seeing the movie alone. Donald Glover, and we get to see Childish Gambino as a grown Simba. Uh, Beyonce was kind of underused. And to be frank, it's going to be a little distracting if you know these guys. But some of them were incredible. Like, uh, fuck, I forgot the guy's name who does Timon. But um, uh, Pumbaa? Yes, Billy Eichner. So good as Timon. Uh, Seth Rogen as Pumbaa. Fucking Zazu is John Oliver from fucking Last Week Tonight. And it's so, and like, they give them room to improvise in, in some of these lines that, like, I, I was actually chuckling to myself. I'm like, I wish there was more of that. But I know the director probably got trapped in this space where he's like, I need to be faithful, but I also want to kind of do my own thing. And I think it's kind of in that weird middle ground because at the end of the day, it's a two hour movie. My ass, I, I enjoyed it, but my ass was hurting. And I'm like, man, this movie is already super fucking long. Like, I'm sure he had this huge tug of war where he wanted to make the original fans happy and be nostalgic. So much shot by shot stuff in this film that's 100% faithful. But then he also wanted to allow the actors and to improvise and add a couple scenes here and there. Um, and I think I actually like the scenes here and there a little more as an adult because there's allowing these uh, voice actors to improvise and stuff. But I, I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. I think that the voice cast and the visual CGI is so impressive that it's worth the price alone but it's a different thing man and it's weird yeah but i yeah it looks go ahead I'll good i just i don't know if i like the realism of it you know like uh obviously what's so endearing about the originals is that it is cartoon and it is lighthearted. but to kind of piggyback off this i watched uh the netflix movie mowgli i think it was yes like it's a good ago. one no, 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 not Mowgli. The Jungle Book was the one I was thinking of. I'm You're sorry. thinking of the Jungle Book. This one, this one was Duranded, uh, directed, Duranded, directed by Andy Serkis, and it was an interesting movie. It's it's supposed to be fairly hyper realistic, and I enjoyed those points more than I thought I would. So I think maybe I would like a lot of aspects about the new Lion King. The one thing I'm really nervous about it i guess is i love a lot of the songs if not all of them in the animated movie and i know they cut a few of the songs in this remake and i don't know if i would be as keen on they they didn't cut them in a way that offend no you'll you'll be if the songs are important you'll be happy they did do some trimming i was i totally forgot the a wee away a wee away that was like my favorite one when i was a kid and I totally forgot about that one until like the very end of the movie when they when they launched into it, um, because it's Seth Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner, and I was like, oh man, this is so good. Okay, um, okay, I'm excited for that. Yeah, the I, music the music is not the problem. Okay, I just I don't I have a hard time wanting to go into the theater and watch it. I just I, don't I would know what wait. It is. Yeah, I I mean I thought it was worth the money because the it was so impressive from a technical perspective, but. Did you see the Jungle Book, the I, one that me and no, Josh talked about? I, a long to be time? honest with you, I haven't seen any of the live-action remakes of the Disney movies because I just don't have much interest. To be honest with you, the reason I think I like this more than like Beauty and the Beast and the other ones, uh, Shay, was because it was just animals and the CGI was so good. While the other ones, it was like humans and they would do weird things to deviate and like the guy who made this is actually a really important thing. The guy who made. John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. 
Yeah, he made the Jungle Book. He had a lot of freedom in that movie. It's not a musical to really do whatever he wanted. And it actually surprised me. I, I liked it more than I thought I would, right? And this one, it's the same director, John Favreau. And um, so I think he has a good knack for that kind of stuff. But I think if you, like I said, if you go into it, I think there, as an adult, Shay, I think you'll be fascinated by the realism. You lose the charm, but you gain like a different layer. Like the, the voice acting cast, I would take the voice acting cast now any day other than maybe Beyonce over the original cast. No I know that fucking sounds, way. Yes, 100%, 100%. Jeremy Irons as Scar was... Do you know who's Sha- Scar now? Yeah, I know. And it doesn't matter. Jeremy who? Irons. Who? Who's Scar now? Doesn't matter. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> no, he's... Dude, it's... it's Okay. Well, we can agree to disagree on that, but that's one person. That's Jeremy Irons. What are you, a Jeremy Irons fan club fan? What is no, this? it's just that Jeremy Irons is seriously, in my opinion, one of the most underrated actors of all time. On top of that, his vocal performance on Scar was Oscar or Emmy worthy, and it never got the praise it deserved. Well, that, and I don't disagree with that at all. I don't disagree with that at all, but I'm just saying if you look at the, look at the whole picture, Donald Glover, Seth Rogen, um, Shwetel Ojafor, Billy Eichner, John Oliver, Keegan Michael K. I mean, like it's just insane. Like the the people that do the um the oh the fucking hyenas are really creepy this around yeah. because they're they're well, just so creepy. They, they would be cool to see, yeah. But you you're also forgetting about Whoopi Goldberg. She was one of the hyenas. <clears throat> Cheech Marin was one of the the hyenas, which they did they an get, awesome performance with that. They did. Uh, Billy but Crystal I mean, was uh, Timon. Yes, and he's but like, awesome. Would you take Billy Crystal over Billy Eichner? Fuck yeah, I would any day okay. of the week. Billy All Eichner, right, well. I do not like. What? Who's really okay? Who's Timon? Billy Eichner. No, no, no. Billy Crystal. Yeah, Uh-oh, he is. Josh is shaking his head. Yeah, I thought he is. Shay was no, right about not. this. Yeah. Oh is. man. Yeah. Oh is. man, we have a. We have a, it's getting heated in here. Who is it? James Earl Jones. He can't, right? Yeah, James Earl Jones. Oh, he's in the new one. He's in the new one, too. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So, bam. That's fair. Jeremy Irons, that's who Shea whacked off to every day. Let's see. (laughs) He's going to hear it as Uh, soon as he sees the picture here. I'm waiting. Josh is right. Oh, it is Nathan Lane. God damn it. It's Nathan Lane. Yeah, you're right. Fuck. Mm -hmm. You just argued for someone who's not even in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you had Rowan Atkinson as Zazu in mm-hmm. the first one. That's, that's Mr. Yeah. Bean, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Bean or the or fucking John Oliver. Mr. Bean. Oh god. Okay. Well, maybe we're just different people in that regard. I don't know. You had um, Ernie Sabella as Pumbaa. No one knows. Who I don't is. know who the fuck that Seth is. Seth Rogen, <laughs> you, dude. You literally get the Seth Rogen laugh as Puma at one point. See, you I do like Seth Rogen a lot, so that would be cool. It's, I think you'll, I think you'll like it more than you think. Look, people's memories of that movie are precious. You know, I know that sounds sacrilegious. I'm just saying. Hold on, what about game. Robert Gulliam as Rafiki? How can you pass up that pivotal, pivotal performance? <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that was Billy Crystal, but that makes oh, that makes sense now. I dude, I actually thought it was Billy Crystal too. That's uh. why I was. <laughs> <laughs> I really did think it was. What about what about this though, Shay? I know you're. This might sway you a little bit, and I think that sometimes he's underappreciated. You look, you're a fan of underappreciated actors, right? You're over here defending Barry. I, I, um, 
And I do Jeremy love Donald Irons. Glover. Let me tell you, the, I am a Donald Glover stan. The new scar is, you should look him up, it's Shuetel Ojafor. Right, yeah. And he, he's he was in 12 Years a Slave. He's great. Uh, the Martian, he really is. And he does a great job. So You forgot to mention but, Eric Andre is in the new one, which I love Eric Andre. Yeah, I was right, yeah. Anyways, uh, I really liked it because... Penny Johnson Gerald's in the new one, too? I didn't see that. She's mm-hmm. awesome. Talk about, like, seriously, talk about someone who's underrated. Mm-hmm. Penny Johnson yeah. Gerald is awesome. She was uh, Cassidy Yates in DS9, and she's in mm-hmm. the Orville right now. She's an yeah. awesome actress. It's weird because my kid really loved the movie. She's six, and she loved it. She was like, I can't wait for it to come on Netflix, but I would have thought it would have been more for, like, an adult thing. So. It won't be on Netflix because Not it's a, a Disney movie. It's going to be on the new Disney uh, Plus platform. Yeah, by the time, true. those normally don't come out until like a year later, and they'll have their new platform by then. So yeah, this will never get licensed on that. Nope. Yeah. Weirdly enough, the only complaints I had with the film were like probably complaints I would have with the original film. I started as an adult picking apart some of the plot points at the end. <laughs> and I was like, I found myself just being like really overtly unfair. Like, so like for example, if you guys remember, the bad girl hyena gets thrown off the a high rock into the fire. It's supposed to be dead, but then she shows up at the end with all the hyenas that suddenly jump on Scar, and it's just like, well, it wasn't... Like, I just... There's a little, there was a lot of, like, little things that I was kind of like, hmm, okay. I, yes, that could work. But, uh, I just found myself being a little bit overcritical of it, and I was like, no, stop it. Stop it. The story is classic. It's not the remake's fault. It's kind of like Resident Evil 2 remake. You know, I'm not... <laughs> if they use the original storyline, I'm not going to criticize them for that. I mean, that's the source material. So, anyways, uh, I enjoyed it. it. Didn't It wasn't like a world-changing event, but I really enjoyed it. So, hopefully, you enjoyed that analysis. I would say, simply to anyone thinking about it, if you think the trailer looks good, like, if you get excited about those names and seeing those realistic animals, you will like it. If you are begrudging the fact that it's not a cartoon anymore, don't waste your time because it's very different. Tonally. Um, anyways, thank you for guys giving me that moment here. Uh, it's been a fun show. <sighs> I'm, and I'm Jeremy Hines is the better scar. Okay. <laughs> thank you for coming well, to my TED Talk. Maybe you'll feel differently when you watch the film. I think it's important to see both for saying one way or the other. I mean, you're, you're a scientist, right? You like to take all the variables into account. Right now, you're just taking one variable and just uh, assuming the other one's going to happen. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I'm open. I'm open to it. Okay. Well, I like you when you're open. I like you when you're horny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's wrap up the show. Um, we have side podcasts, if you're new to what we do. One of them is called In the Blood, in which you can listen to me interview composers in the gaming industry. We have another podcast called Evoking the Sublime, in which Shay interviews creators and designers in the game industry. So you should check those out if you don't already. And, of course, our patreon.com slash swordchomp. We've pimped that quite enough. Let's get the hell out of here. It's hot. It's late. We will see you next week for an all-new chomp.